You're listening to the What's the Crack podcast with your host, me, Janet Devlin. If you want to watch the video version, then head over to my YouTube channel. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to it and leave a rating or review on whichever platform you use. This helps the crack reach even more people. And lastly, if you want to support the show, then sign up to my Patreon for bonus content, rewards, and much, much more. Now, on with the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to the What's the Crack podcast. Today's guest I have known for like 11 years, I think. That's mad. Uh, Today's guest is... Ethan Ash. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me, mate. Ah, it's so weird to be like. I know. Because, like, you were one of the first people I ever did a co write with. Mm, Yeah. Uh, You knew me in sheer mental illness and stubborn. I did. And and we were in Sheffield as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came down to Cambridge. You did. I stayed at your parents' house. I learned that you sleep with a blow dryer on. I. Okay, straight away. Straight yeah. away, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because I, I was do. like, I still do. You still do. Drives my wife Georgia crazy. Oh my god. See, Georgia, this has been a while. This was this was before you. No, you were was seeing it? Georgia. Was I? Oh, yeah. God, sorry. Yeah, you Georgia. were. No, because she what? was she was living um, Isle of Wight. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. So I remember you trying to do the whole like community stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. like a lockdown relationship before lockdown. Pretty much, pretty much, and then and I remember I met her at. She, how did I meet Georgia? Georgia, how did I meet you? It was, I was like iTunes single of the week years and years and years ago. And she <gasps> downloaded it. Yeah, she was, she, did she have a t-shirt or the record? She, she came to Bestival. She mm-hmm. came to Bestival and I was playing Bestival. Yeah. And that sounds cool, but unless you're like on the main stage, we're playing the backfield. Yeah. And then she. Looks good in press. Yeah, it does. It looks great on the posters. That's all that matters. Yeah, just sharp with my name on She there. came and she was already a fan. She, she apparently. But she came and saw me, and then she left. And I was like, well, where did you go? I wanted to talk to you. Mm. And then she came to another show, and then kind of started from there. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't the greatest start, because when I went, I went backstage like, dynamic. To, to get all my stuff off the stage. And, <laughs> and my friend went and he's like, do you want me to go get Georgia? You can like, see her. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. And I, unbeknownst to me, he went out the front where Georgia was and just went to her. He's ready for you now. Oh my god! And I was like, Cheers. oh man. Thanks, Phil. That's what guys do, though. Yeah, they do, and Cute. and then she stuck around. I love her though. She's great. She uh, she is one of those humans, right? That you just meet. Hi, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> that you meet, and you're just like, oh, what a beautiful soul. She is. She is. I mean, to put up with you, I'm kidding. One hundred percent. She is batting <laughs> down so badly. I feel like I have to tell you what how I describe you to people. <laughs> Go for it. Because they like whenever I have to talk about you or anything like mm-hmm. that, I'm like, ah, oh, like obviously I say that you're lovely and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, but that boy puts the H in ADHD. <laughs> he does. I mean, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I'm, I'm like, because that's why we got on so well, mm-hmm. though. Because mm-hmm. I was, um, because I took you on my first ever tour. You did. Imaginarium. Yes, it was the Imaginarium tour. Uh, I took you as my support act because mm. uh, we got on really well, just yeah, writing yeah, yeah. together. And at that point, like. I wasn't. I didn't accept a buy on. I think there was people trying to buy on and stuff. There, and I was like, I don't care. There was. There was. So we did have a buy. Yeah, we had the other sport act. Yes, yes, we did. Um, uh, <laughs> God Almighty Christ, that was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you came on tour with me, and you came on our van mm. because the other support acts, I think, they had to get there on their own accord. Yeah, they did. Uh, they because did. our bus was full. Because at yeah, the time, yeah. I had a whole band. Yeah, quite a few people. Quite a few people. And I remember because they were like old, much older than me at the time because I was like 17. Mm-hmm. 
at best 18 and um they were like in their 30s yeah and uh or like late 20s kind mm-hmm. of vibes <laughs> and they were all at that part of their life where like they were living in a city in England it was all very chill and laid back and they were very much like comfortable mm-hmm. and then you have two people who are just like let's go let's do these I have a picture still on my phone of was it just the little cart thing little tiny tractors and me wearing a tiger suit tiger suit tiger onesie yeah yeah because I think again we were in Sheffield and then I think we were going up to Glasgow mm-hmm. and I just I just remember being like oh I've got a tiger onesie with me do you know what? I'm just gonna put it on and just yeah. <laughs> rock around in that all day yeah and just yeah and people people like why my favorite answer is always why not why not because I think didn't we get to Scotland and I bought one as well mm-hmm. what did I buy I can't mm. I can't remember what onesie I bought but I definitely bought a onesie was it like a unicorn thing probably was that's sticking in my head yeah because I remember doing little front flips on the sofa when you were <laughs> when you were on stage and then yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> That's that's you summed up. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. And he's out. And he's gone. He's tired himself out, guys. <laughs> oh, he's done circles and he's asleep. You're like a greyhound. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Although I mean, aren't greyhounds kind of lazy? Actually, no. Maybe. Maybe I am. If 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 because greyhounds are great, and I always recommend greyhounds to people that are like built like me, right? Because mm. people think greyhounds are like mental all the time. No. No, no, they're not. Uh, they have like their. If you take them for the. Mine was an Italian greyhound, so he's smaller. So it's like 45 minutes of an hour of him like literally going. Yum! flat out and then the rest of the day he's sleeping so it was great because you just do your work with a little dog in your lap right yeah yeah. that's greyhounds in their class i'd say maybe more like a springer spaniel like r.i.p to your wee babies i know i know did they both go yeah how far apart 20 48 hours what the fuck yeah yeah yeah. one of them probably died with a broken heart uh no that was the vet no um uh yeah no it was it sucked. They were, they were, they were. They were 15. amazing dogs. They were brilliant. But they were you as a, as they, a dog. They, <laughs> they were, and they, they they went to lots of different festivals. Lots of different people, quite famous people, looked after them at festivals yeah. and played ball with them. And they were they were the coolest dogs. They had the best life though. Yeah, they did. They Your really family did. have like a lovely house in yeah. Cambridge. <laughs> oh yeah, your dad has those fancy little little cars and motorbikes, doesn't he? <laughs> He likes cars. Yeah, he likes He's cars. He's a car man. He likes cars and motorbikes. He, He's got a music job, doesn't he? He 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 kind of just got into music through me. Um, He's an yeah. organised man. He is. What's his name again? Kevin. Kevin, yes. Yeah. He, and your wee mummy. Yeah. Oh my God, guys. I know it. It's like people are like, why are you talking about the parents? <laughs> they're lovely, okay? They're yeah. amazing. They're both They're both from the north. So they, they, they're they basically from like around Newcastle mm-hmm. or Jarrah. And, um, oh, your mum is with accent. Is, yeah, my mum. My mum technically, my mum was born in Scotland, and then she lived in Sunderland. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's quite funny because I don't think they've really got an accent. Oh, but they do. Then when people hear them. Yeah, but when you take the piss out of them, you put the accent on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my Canadian too. My Canadian friends can't understand them. <laughs> like they just can't. And it's I great. love that. You know, and it's. Have you ever heard that Canadian accent that sounds Irish? A uh, Newfie accent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the frick <laughs> is that, bro? I was on TikTok and then there's this guy out in the freezing cold. I mean, I swear to God, there could have been icicles from his like nose water. Okay. I was like, why is this man in the Arctic with an Irish accent? And then he's got a comment that somebody goes, are you Irish? He's like, no, no, I'm not Irish. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, like, (laughs) I've never been to Newfoundland, but 
I've met a few Newfies, and what I hear about Newfies, they're, they are they're probably the outlier of Canada because... What, is it like the taxes of Canada? No, no they're, I, I don't know, maybe they Because Cork is the taxes of Ireland. Because they do this thing called, I think it's like, kiss the cod or whatever, and it's like when you when you go to Newfoundland, you, you kind of... I can't remember what they call You're it. You're not telling me people uh, are kissing fish. I think they do, but I think it's dead. Like... If there's it anyone from be. Newfoundland, just just explain what you're doing, because I can't. I don't know, and I've, I've, I've seen it through videos, and people have yeah. told me about it. But I think it's a little bit mythical, you okay. know. Unless you're there, you don't do it. So like people doing the Blarney Stone in Ireland. Yeah, it's maybe. like going and kissing the Blarney Stone. They're like, "Oh, have you been to the Blarney Stone?" I'm like, "If I've been, my parents took me when I was a toddler, because I've been to every county in Ireland." Yeah, yeah. Because we were poor. <laughs> we only went on holidays in Ireland. Woo! Um, so if I've ever been, that's that was when that happened. Because it's also the same in the Giants Causeway. Yeah, yeah. The hexagonal rocks that people get so hyped about. I, I'm not impressed. I don't care. It's rocks. <laughs> anyway, rocks. Like, literally, in my school, we're doing a school trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the hexagonal rocks. And my mom literally wrote me a note out of it where they were like, she she gave it to them a week in advance. She's like, she can come to school and she can just vibe out in school or I can make sure that she does her homework at home on that day because she doesn't want to go see the hexagon of rocks. How dare you? Well, mum basically was like, she's already been. She's already seen it. Yeah, I have. You haven't seen it enough. I wasn't cognizant. I was literally a baby. She also thinks I've seen The Lion King. I've never seen the original Lion King, right? And this woman for years was so set that I'd seen the feckin' Lion King because she'd seen it. And I was like, I did the math. I was like, Patricia, you were up the duff with me <laughs> when you went to see. So I was there, but I didn't watch the movie. See, the way my brain went is that you went to see the hexagonal rocks. Uh -huh. And there was a lion. Mm -hmm. And he happened to be the king of lions. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of like, no, that's not what you mean. You mean the movie? <laughs> the Lion King, the movie. Sorry, yeah, yeah I should have been more specific. It's fine. It's fine. It's the gray areas. So I'm going to bring this up. Yes. You do have Edihashta. I do. I do. I don't know what HD is, but I got 80 of them, bitches. Yeah, yeah no, I do. I do. do. You I were do. early diagnosed, though. I was kind of late diagnosed, but... Um, what is late to you, like? Because I mean... 17. Uh, babes, I was 27. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I went, I went through my But whole... that's still unfair, though, because, like... Although, boy, you're racking up like, degrees like Pokemon, okay? I've like, got... you're, gotta catch them all. <laughs> you're just, like, studying for shits and gigs, bro, yeah, at I've, this point. I've got three now. Come on, tell us what you got. And I've got... <laughs> See, I collect mental diagnoses, whereas you're out here just collecting degrees. I'm like, uh, I don't want any more. It's... You say I... this. <laughs> just wait. Um, what do I have? Uh, I have a music degree. And then I have a PG cert, which is a postgrad certificate in basically further education in music. So you can teach music. Yeah. I might take you up on, <laughs> on getting some lessons because I don't know anything. You don't want that. I don't know anything <laughs> about music. You want a good teacher. Yeah, we wouldn't get anything done. Would we? <laughs> I like, look at this meme. Look at this note. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It's I just I would just go over to the piano and just play ding. What note is it, Janet? No, because it would be like ding. Do you know that note? Ding. No. Song in that note? When I was Do you know what I nearly said that? I nearly said that. Yeah. I should have said it. Also, we were talking off camera at the start about how Perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. How apparently I have it but don't didn't have the resources as a child to like actually apply the perfect pitch. So like I was never developed. Dude, do you know I was fifteen? 
when I worked out the the piano went like D E F G like it went in order. It does. It does. <laughs> I was much older. Dude, I didn't know that. My mum, God fucking bless her, she's literally tone deaf. Like I'm not like I'm not saying that as like a joke, like people go, Oh yeah, they're tone deaf. No, no, no. My mum I don't think can tell the difference between which notes higher and which isn't. Bless her. I know. Um so she could read music though. Um they were forced to in school. I don't okay. know. So <laughs> anyway, she was trying to explain to me like Every good boy deserves fruit. Yep. F-A-C-E. And it never went through my fat skull. <laughs> Bro, I got kicked out. I, do you know why I quit the violin? This is the saddest, most ridiculous story. I quit the I violin. I feel like you should be playing the violin as you told us. <sighs> well, world's smallest one. I played the wrist violin for years. It's fine. Like, I'm well, over I, it. I will play it. You, you, you tell me the story. So, basically, I got accepted to be one of the people in my school to learn the violin right uh so i passed that test and all this kind of stuff and i played fiddle outside of school right <laughs> so i was a fiddle player and then that made sense that i would go forward and do the classical violin right problem was i grew up in a Kelly band so we learned everything by ear the most you get is you write the wee letters down mm-hmm. so especially with the whistle right you basically g means normal blow g so like you write like a lowercase g and then you write a higher case G yep. if it's uh, you blowing harder to get to the other octave. Oh, my violin's confusing now. <laughs> so it's like, you know, the same note, but like the octave higher, because mm-hmm. that's how the muscle works. You blow harder, you get the higher notes, but the same notes. Anyway, uh, that was the degree of my musical education, right? Yep. So I was very, I want to get that skill back, being able to play by ear, because I was really good at it. I could learn a song like that. Yeah. And not, I'm fucking useless. It takes me like a week to learn a song. Um, so I went and I learned the violin. All good, all gravy, right? But the issue was they used to play the song before, uh, on the tape. They would play the song on the tape and then they'd give you the sheet music. Uh-huh. You fucked up, bro. <laughs> because then I was looking at the sheet, playing the violin. I was, it was like, I, I couldn't read. <laughs> My name's Jared, I'm 21, I never learned how to read. Um, so I didn't have a fucking clue what any of those little dots were. And because I was playing it almost perfectly, I'd make an occasional mistake and then yeah. she'd tell me what it was and then I'd fix it, right? So she never knew that I couldn't read the bloody music. I heard the song. I knew, knew the song. It wasn't very difficult. I was like nine years old. Like the songs weren't exactly complicated. <laughs> and then I did that for four years. <laughs> and then... Uh, four years? Yeah, like four years. Maybe four is probably a push. Of flying by the three. seat of your pants? Yeah. <laughs> no one asked me any questions. <laughs> Okay, no one asked me any questions. Also, my school principal hated me, right, by the way, because I joined that school. I moved schools and I joined that school and I went straight in and I was like sporty. I was like kicking ass. I was always playing football. I was doing all this kind of stuff. And then I made friends (laughs) and I didn't have to play sport. So I stopped playing the sport. And then from that moment on, I hated my life. Okay. And he loved my brother because my brother was like Mr. Mr. Shy Guy. Uh Uh-huh. Was so good at sport. My brother was sick at sport. So that was his golden child. Literally, right? Anyway, so from that moment, my principal fucking hated my life, okay? So anyway, get to the end of this thing. I'm like about to go to secondary school and then you have to do this exam with like a governmental issued exam for the violin and viola players, right? The people that have been selected, right? There was four in every school, right? I was one of the four. I feel you've repressed this a lot. (sighs) I I go in (laughs) and sit down with her. This is uh, about a month before the exam because I just wanted to make sure you knew all Mm. of the things mm-hmm. so it wasn't really about playing at that point then it was about going over these pages and she points at something and she goes what's that and i go oh that's the travel class she's like okay good 
what's that? I don't know. <laughs> She's like, that's a quaver. What note is that? I don't know. What do you mean you don't? She, Mrs. Strawberry, I think her name was. <laughs> uh, she couldn't believe it. She lost her sh- because I think I was one of their like good players. Uh-huh. Hang, hang on. So you couldn't read anything. Couldn't you didn't know what you were doing for four years. She I just then, turned up. She played she then, the song. I played it back. She then realized you actually didn't know anything of what you were doing. And you were one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Well, because I was able to play the songs well. I was, do you know how deep into this I was? When we were playing the songs together, me and the other violin players, when they turned the page, I was like, I guess we're fucking turning the page. Yeah, that feels like me when I did like music in sixth form. Yeah. Because I remember them following it and I was like, ah, I see you turning a page, I'll do that. And yeah. they're like, no, that's the viola players, not you, you know. See, I, I feel that this is, this is the most ADHD conversation because yeah. we went from, I can't even remember. I don't know. We went, we went from degrees to teaching. Oh, to, yeah, because you can teach. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to violin yeah, yeah. playing, to your repressed memories. Anyway, that thing, he blew up. My principal yelled at me so hard. <laughs> he made me cry. I think I got sent home early because I literally couldn't stop crying. And I quit. I never played the violin again. This is a very sad story now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> can so you take good. it off again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where do we want to go from here? So, wait, no. You can teach what other degrees do you oh, have. Oh, yeah. So you've got um, your... I've got a music degree. Music degree. I've got my PG cert. Yeah. I've got a degree in psychology. Yeah. got a master's degree in applied pediatric neuropsychology. So kids with big old boo-boos on their heads. Pretty much. Yeah. Shaking babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen so many videos on shaking baby syndrome, bro. Mm. It takes a lot to get shaking baby syndrome. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Subdural hematoma. Um... Yeah, so that's that's because the... there was that phase where I was I was dating that I was dating a guy mm-hmm. that I took to your wedding, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> who had like a head injury thing, uh-huh. and that was that was a interesting conversation to watch between the two of you. It was great for me. Yeah, because the Cause minute like, you were I... like, I do this thing, I work with kids, basically like head injuries and like memory loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he'd suffered a lot with memory loss with yeah. that, and he both of you were like, I was like, oh, we need to go for dinner. <laughs> What kind of was it a white matter injury? And that rotational blah blah blah. Like, that day oh, was so funny. What type like, of memory? <laughs> yeah. What memories have you lost? I wouldn't know, bro. I lost them. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, that kind of it, it really interests me. That kind of stuff. That day was so funny though. You came up to us, and you were like, you didn't you, you didn't even say hello to me. You went, yeah, you just went like, Jesus, you're a big beautiful bastard or something like that to the guy. I was literally outside. Just after I married Georgia, and then yeah. no, right before because they hadn't turned up. Yeah. yeah, 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 that was it. It was just before, and I was like, "What a beautiful man!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go tell him. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you're like, "Oh, hi, Janet!" And hey, I was like, mate. "Hey, <laughs> he's pretty." <laughs> Dude, that guy was like huge. If he ever wanted to look petite, I mean, I don't have to try. You know, I got my height from my mother. Um, I think. I got mental illness from my family, so I mean, you're doing better than me, so. I just wanted to be tall. And the thing is, I've got a bad back as well. You do? I was going to bring this yeah, up in a bit. I'm, I'm pretty sure that when I've had operations on my back, they've made me smaller. That's what you tell them, okay. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not on dating apps. <laughs> I'm a nice guy, but I've got a bad back and the doctor made me shrink. But like, you have a bad back, right? So do you, you I remember you always been on painkillers. <laughs> Still. 
still on painkillers. Mm-hmm. That's why I find it so funny because I'm like, your ADHD is so bad, you're beating painkillers, bro. <laughs> I just, I just, all the time. I think I've had them. What are you on? Uh, codeine. Codeine. I got codeine when I got my boobs done. Did you? <laughs> oh. See, it doesn't do anything. It Dude. just it takes the edge off. Yeah, no. When I, cause I, when I tried codeine for the first time, because like people were like, uh, people. Okay, I'm not even gonna get into sobriety and people being like mm-hmm. gatekeepers of sobriety. Yeah, yeah, They'd yeah. be like, that's a relapse, and I'm like, you, you want me to raw dog get my tits done, bro? It's like, are you fine now? Yeah, I'm grand. There we go. So when I took the coding, because mm. like the first day you take the coding, you get the high dose and they kind of wean you down. Mm-hmm. Well, I took that. I lamb bam wow. I get why people get addicted to this. I get it. Really? It all makes sense. Oh, that warm huggy feeling. <laughs> oh, I was like, this is the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Like I've, <laughs> I've taken a lot of stuff in my life. But I was like, oh, that's like a nice warm cuddle. Look mm. at all my problems. They just melted away. <laughs> It just was amazing. I, it's, I mean, I've never had that. Because you I'm, need them. I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky with that. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's quite well known that mm-hmm. that can be the in for a lot of people. Of course, you know, that people getting hooked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. effectively. Um, I've been on loads of different meds for it because I've got what is it, bilateral sciatica, and I've got compression of discs in my back and my neck, and I've got. My Red neck, knees. my back, <laughs> <laughs> my knees, my feet. It's yeah, no, I've, my body's a broken little vessel, but Aww. it's it's yeah. But I've, here you are. I always I still see videos of you like working on kickboxing I try, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I try. I think it, you know, if you can try and remain as fit as you can. I, like mm-hmm. you know what I do for myself won't necessarily always work for other people. And I've, I've been on neuropathics i've been on anti-inflammatories i've had steroid injections epidurals i've had part of my disc yeah part of my disc cut off um like had some of my nerve endings burnt but it it it, it's it's management it's not necessarily about cure Mm. it's better than it was but it's about managing it you know like i can't even imagine that time where my body shut down and i couldn't move for a while i was like oh my god I, I just had that song in my head. This is the end. <laughs> my only. This is the end. I was like, oh my God, this is the rest of my life. I think that's worse. Those acute like experiences of things. Mm. I think are sometimes worse than the more chronic stuff. Because for I, myself. They thought I've, it was going to be chronic. And then, but you then you have to learn to manage it. With acute, you know, if I, if like, you know, if I bust my leg, I, it, I'm kind of like, ow, I don't want to move. Mm. But then actually if my leg's permanently like that i'm like i'm gonna have to try and manage it you learn to cope no my mom has like chronic pain in her knee and stuff like that yeah but i'm all, always trying to be like you should also go to therapy because it might be chronic pain because of you like holding things have you in tried yoga? <laughs> oh dude so i get that all the time with my mental health stuff have you tried mm-hmm. have you tried like not being mentally ill and i'm like <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it yeah because we were talking before the show though about mm. um <laughs> about people like seeking out diagnoses mm-hmm. Because, like, for my whole thing, I put it off. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to know what it is because then I'll start buying into it and this, that, and the other. La, 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 yeah, la. Yeah, yeah. And then I got to, like, a breaking point where, like, I kicked everybody out of my life. And I was like, okay, I need to get a diagnosis because raw dog in this is not working out yeah. for me. I need to know why. It, it was at that point where it was like, it's almost if you had, like, a physical ailment, mm-hmm. I would have got it seen too, right? Yeah, Where absolutely. it's like, oh, I'm being sick every day. I should go see a doctor, mm-hmm. not being like, no, because then they'll tell me I have something. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. clearly, bitch, you have something. Yeah. And I think it's about time you find yeah. out what it is. Yeah. Uh, so I was lucky in the sense that I got my prognosis and then 
got a treatment plan and mm-hmm. I've been following it and getting better and yeah, like yeah. doing all the things and everything's great. I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, I know that some people kind of seek out diagnoses and then buy into it. That was my fear because mm-hmm. that's what I was being told my whole life is that yeah. people go seek these things. They buy into it and they get worse. Can do. And I had a, I had a therapist, right? I was, I was shown all the signs of BPD. Mm. All of the signs of BPD. And this bro was like, I said to him, I was like, I think I'm going to go and maybe potentially look at getting a diagnosis. And he goes, basically just said, I don't really believe in diagnoses. Yeah. Uh, I think they make people more mentally ill and this, that, and the other. And then, like, jokes on him, I went and I got my diagnosis. <laughs> and then my life has gotten infinitely better. I, I think that's where, for me... Because it... you're a professional. <laughs> He's a professional. A professional. It... If it helps to make sense of what someone's experiencing mm-hmm. and the symptoms or the stress that goes with that, fine. Yeah. Um, but you see the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's it's difficult. I think you it's have to be careful because obviously you can't just be like, yeah, fucking mental health people. Because we were having a conversation earlier about <laughs> having people coming in. So BPD uh, is one of those ones where if it's on your notes, you're screwed. Because like, I I'm kind of on that thing of like. I know when I'm at my like crisis point. Like I know if I was literally going to off myself, mm-hmm. I I would know that because like I have a lot of self awareness. I would know that the control's gone and I actually need to be babysat. Okay, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that, especially if you're undiagnosed or even if you are diagnosed BPD, like you everything's real to you. Like mm-hmm. so, if you genuinely believe that this is the end of your life and you have to take your life and you're in an absolute unfit state, right? You can go in and then when they read that you have BPD, they're like, so it's a Thursday for you. Go home. Because BPD is like... It's a really stigmatizing one. It definitely is. So Mm -hmm. I keep it off my notes because I know in myself, Mm -hmm. if I turned up and was in crisis, I would... It's genuinely a crisis because I'm not the kind of person who's going to run to get that kind of help. That's my last resort. (laughs) Uh, And it's... I think it's... It is, it's kind of important, I think, not to pathologize a lot of things that people experience. Mm-hmm. But I think, I find it interesting you keep it off your notes. I understand why. Um, and it, you know, sometimes when people kind of, because I work in crisis stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes actually when, when people present and they're very, very, very distressed, mm-hmm. it's trying to actually pick that apart and bring them from here to here. Mm-hmm. but it's trying to assess that and triage actually whether it, it's even if they get to here actually if they, they've still got this intent to do things um yeah and it can be really difficult and i can't it, even imagine having to put that jigsaw puzzle the jigsaw puzzle together yeah. oh my god somebody's in there and they're like i'm gonna off myself and you have to be like i don't know do we put you in the thing do we not put you in the thing what do we do do how do we sort this out yeah. and then i was saying to you as well as like i bet you get people bpd people i'm not trying to shade fellow bpders i am one of you um where they come in and they're like because people with bpd can be quite um mean <laughs> we have a that's the reputation guys uh and and being like i'm gonna off myself and then you being like all right let's talk about it and they're like no i'm gonna go off myself and then i'm gonna blame you for it i think and it's your yeah, fault i think sometimes it, it's really it can be really difficult because i think sometimes that comes from a lot of the time I think mental health services have uh, can traumatize people or re-traumatize people. So yeah. if you're, you know, people that reach out for help, 
and then they feel that maybe they're not validating what they're experiencing or they're distressed you know as, as you say you keep it off your notes so if someone's mm. like oh well you got you know bpd or whatever and this is fairly typical actually that's really probably gonna distress people even further because they mm -hmm. feel that they're not getting they're not heard. having their yeah they're not feeling heard they're not having their needs met and mm. you know it's if if it's if i'm working over the phone or if i'm working face to face you know over the phone sometimes can be more difficult but it's actually trying to offer that time to allow someone to get through that mm -hmm. kind of that crisis Talk and then yeah, the yeah and then kind of but actually, also like if i had a crisis right and I did go to A&E and they did put me in an institution, right? They put, say they put me in the like, primary, right? Mm. I was looking up that when I went to get help, I went to like a rehab mm -hmm. that also dealt with the other things that I yeah, had, yeah. right? That was great. Mm -hmm. If you tomorrow put me on a ward, mm. a psych ward, mm -hmm. I would be so traumatized because I've heard, I know people that have been to psychiatric wards and like I'm talking people like going out of their room having like sliced and diced into themselves and like running down the corridor you know what I mean? like people because obviously if you're if you're in, if you're putting a psych ward you're at the the peak you're the creme de la creme of of a uh, breaking point there with your mental illnesses right so if you if you put me in that environment where you're just surrounded by people mm. at their worst essentially like it would be scary it'd be hard mm. so obviously they want to avoid putting people in those situations oh absolutely where it's absolutely. like we don't want to put you in an environment around that so like let's see how we can avoid putting like l locking you away because it's not like a this is a, the the crisis ward <laughs> this is the the middle ward this is the they got the one issue ward, like all of the mental mm -hmm. illnesses are kind of put in one one place. Yeah. So it can be just a lot. It's wards. I don't work on wards. Um, but I think there's sometimes a misunderstanding of when people say, you know, a lot of people said to me they want to be sectioned or mm -hmm. some people call it some people detained or committed, I think, in some yeah. kind of other countries they call it. In America, and it's like 5150. I don't know. Yeah, I don't they're, it's really they call it the most in in the UK and it, like the most restrictive form of practice because actually mm -hmm. it's it, it, you are depriving someone effectively of their rights because you're mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're you know and it's not an, it's not a it's not an easy process and it's not a process that's taken lightly no and it's I I wouldn't want it and it's for, you know for me when people say that it's trying to actually you know for example if I have people when they're having really really kind of heightened states of anxiety or, or mm. kind of really acute experiences of it you know it, it's really difficult when you're basically you're in your head and it's kind of working against you mm. but actually being able to say okay look i understand that's that's what you want but that's not going to happen and it's probably not unfair it's not fair on you as you say because they're not sometimes the best places if mm. you're very unwell yeah i understand it absolutely yeah it, it, i always say babysitting which is not the term mm. for it but like so there are some times in your life where it's like if you are at that point where you're your own worst enemy and mm -hmm. you're a danger to yourself mm -hmm. yeah it, the potential trauma of, yeah, yeah. of being exposed to people at their worst is naturally the worst thing for you right now no like no. you need to be looked after and that is a-okay and if you've ever been on a, on a psych ward and you've ever had to be mm -hmm. put in that position never feel bad about it like no and i because I, it, it, I i avoided it i'm yeah. one of the rare cases where they were like i think we should section you yeah and I'm like, nah, babes, I'm booked and busy. I got a TV appointment next week. I got mm. two radios to do. I got a music video to film in a month. Yeah. I can't be sectioned. And it, it's, do you know, I, I've, I've kind of 
talk to people before that's happened um and then sometimes we kind of you know within the uk or within the the areas that i work you can refer into things like crisis teams and stuff mm-hmm. um which is are there the kind of primary objective is to reduce the likelihood of admission yes um, and support people through being at home as well mm-hmm. um, but again some people will have had really negative experience with the crisis teams um, oh, and it's yeah. it's it's very it is very difficult and it's trying to but it's also difficult for them as well being those because like if you're in there and like because i've been there where mm. you know they wanted to section me but like that's an experience for me that i've never had before or whatever mm. but for them that's their every day like they mm. see people in that mm-hmm. crisis state all of the time yeah so i get that maybe something slipped through the net like absolutely and i but I, it's no, everyone understands, right? Mm-hmm. In this country, the mental health services, there's not enough money mm-hmm. in there. No. There really, there just isn't. So it's it's not exactly the fault of the people that are working with you. I mean, cams though can suck a bag of dick. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, the, the advice that they give people is really, really not good. I think, I think this is, as you say, like, I dated a girl whose like mother was like the head of really? cams and stuff. It's and she's like they're doing so much. And I'm like, I think the, <laughs> the, the the practitioners, the people, the clinicians that work in it, mm-hmm. they always want to do their best. I don't Absolutely. know anyone that goes into it to do harm to others or no. to you know not help people. Exactly. But sometimes you're right; the resources aren't there. And have you, sometimes have you tried it, having a bath? I've never said that to anyone. I've never said that to have anyone. Have you tried having a cup of tea? Yeah. I've never said have a no, bath. No, I, don't, I two, trust you not two to. Two people actually said, I'm going to have a bath. And I'm like, what? Do you know what the worst part is, though? Sometimes, I'm not saying those pieces of advice, mm. but there have been times where my therapist has suggested something, and then I spend like a whole month being like, fuck you, I'm not doing that. Me, 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 me. And then one day I'm like, all right, let's fucking do it. And then I feel better. And I'm works. like, screw you. And this is the thing, because <laughs> it, it's, you know, if you've got a headache, you take paracetamol or mm-hmm. acetaminophen, whatever you know it is. And, you know, you, you take it and hope it goes away, and that's the work done. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're struggling with your mental health in in a, in a longitudinal sense or even an acute sense, you've got to actually put a bit of work in, and it's really horrible. And yeah. the, the you know things like when your brain is working against mm, you, bro, it's like what the fuck? yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of like you know when people you know things like mindfulness and grounding and all that. There is evidence that it helps. Yeah, but, but also equally, sometimes it can yeah. be worse because like I think there are some people with. It's not BP, I think it's ADHD, mm. where like if somebody tells you to like go meditate, it can actually just like make you 10 times worse. I, but I know from my own self, if I'm having, if I'm all over the place, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and be able to meditate. No, I'm not going to, yeah. you know, there's ground exercise like, like five, four, three, two, one. It'd be like, tell me five things you can see. I'm like, everything. Oh, I you hate know? that one. Mm-hmm. The one but that some I, people the, find it helpful. Yeah, the one thing that is very good though, if you are in a crisis state of like, if you feel yourself in that fight or flight or whatever, go, go hold some ice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or cold I, water in your face. The worst one I've ever done. I don't think I've ever admitted this on camera. Ew. Um, I was feeling incredibly unhinged. Like I was like at the at the point of like a manic mm-hmm. where I'm about to break into like depressive or like or go more manic. Yeah, yeah. So I needed to do something that was unhinged, uh, that wasn't gonna hurt me, but was gonna like me just give me a weird sensory. I needed to be like a sensory overload that wasn't like mm-hmm. my brain. So basically, I hopped in the bathtub with my clothes on. Great. And that made me feel so much better. Yeah, 100%. Because it, 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 
it reorientates you so to now. Yeah, and that brain's was running away with it. The weirdest form of grinding I've ever done, mm. but I recommend it. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it, you know, it. There's loads of. So maybe you can do that on the on the phone line where do it's you know like, what? I, I, what I, are you going to tell me to do? Have a bath? Uh, no, but have you tried having a bath with your clothes on, bro? Have you tried having a shower with your clothes mm-hmm. on? I it, mean, socks and all. It's it's not it's if it works, it works. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. No, it's, there's weirder things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's trying to find things that uh, people can use. You know, not everything's always going to work and no. not everything's 100%, 100% of the time. No, definitely. Because I got to talk to people and like they do like CBT mm-hmm. and they're like, it changed my life. Yeah. I got kicked out of it. Yeah, some people don't find it helps. Yeah. Uh, I got, no, I got kicked out. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so this is. Why did you get kicked out of CBT? Because <sighs> it was that thing of like, I don't want to challenge this thought. No, 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 no. My issue was it was like I could see my pattern of behaviors. Yes. I could trace those patterns of behaviors back to where they came from, what mm-hmm. the triggers were, why I did it, mm-hmm. um, what that makes me feel, where those patterns have appar- appeared in my life before, la, 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 But was I, I had all the self-awareness, but none of the want to to fix it. So he's like, duh. I can't help you at this point. I think and I think that's fair. He was great. Yeah. Like I loved him to pieces. Like he was such a good guy. Mm. And he worked for people that I know. Him as a specialist. Like okay. he's saved I literally think like three people I know's lives. Really? Right. He's that good. Um but yeah, he was like uh, he was like you've got all the self awareness in the world. Uh there's nothing but I don't can do. But you don't want to do it. But you don't want to do it. Yeah. So at that point then that that's like, oh then you have to go find a different form of therapy <laughs> that works for you. Or I hear that one all the time of like people being like, oh, I tried therapy and it didn't work. And mm-hmm. I was like, ha, I've been through like six therapists yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. until I found one that worked. And they don't always work. It's, they there's, don't. there's multiple therapies. Like if you're using medication, there's dope, diff, multiple medications. Oh, bro, don't even open the medication box. <laughs> what are you on? Nothing. You're cl- you're fi- you're flying, flying solo. Always have. Wow. <laughs> Not a great thing. <laughs> I'm just impressed. You've got like the whole, you've, you managed to get through all all of your degrees. <laughs> Raw dog in it. I, I just say I'm an idiot that functions in a very small box. You know, I, I find like neuroscience stuff and neuro stuff and psychology stuff fascinating. My mm. I can obsess over it all day. I'm very, very boring because I'll just read neuro papers. Like That's I'm, so fun. Though. I'm doing some research at the moment. I'm just, a, I'm like just... For funsies. Just literally, just mm-hmm. uh, like a research assistant in, in some work in, in um, like... A f- people who have aphasia uh because of strokes um, yes and i what is aphasia for the people that don't aphasia know? is effectively how to put it in a really basic sense um when the ability to communicate or understand language changes effectively so mm-hmm. um you know that people might understand what's what's being said but when they try to talk it might it might not come out the way they want it and yeah it's where you can jumbled. think fine the mm. words don't come out fine and sometimes it doesn't necessarily this is what this kind of project's looking at. Mm. Um, uh, uh, kind of using inner speech and all those things. Ah. Um, what's, so, the, what's the term for whenever people... Is it foreign accent syndrome? I don't know, actually. Well, when they use a different accent. Yeah. Um, Where they have a head injury and then they... they, they, they the, there's a famous case of a British woman who like had a head injury and then she woke up with a Chinese accent even though she's never been to China. I don't I don't know. There's there's some... If you kind of find that stuff interesting, I think it's... Um, I love that stuff. Oliver Sacks used to write a lot of books like that. I think <sighs> Oliver Sacks was a neurologist. Um, like, And they did quite a few movies of his stuff. But he has like a book called Music Ophelia and it was basically like 
you know, person that had a head injury or got struck by lightning and suddenly just got massively obsessed with playing piano to mm. the detriment of everything else and just learned piano and could play it unbelievably well. I love those stories though as well of like older people with like um, Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff, mm. uh, you know, struggling or whatever and then they play songs from like their past. yeah, yeah. And like suddenly they're back to their old mm-hmm. old selves temp- temporarily, but yeah, yeah. they're there. There's a there's a video I think again Oliver Sacks um, with this guy and they put headphones on and he's listening to this again to listen to like old Cab Calloway songs mm. and he just becomes super animated and he's being able to communicate and talk. Oh, I love it. It's, I, love it, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's you know I I love all that newer stuff and and I can I can understand it to a, a certain degree, but outside of that kind of thing and music. And you know the the neuro things. I'm quite chaotic, um, <laughs> you know. And but you're very chill today. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying because there's a camera, and then I know I'll get it in the neck from probably Georgia or my dad because I I was running around and trying not to you did, rock you, back and forward. In you this did chair like a marathon <laughs> this this morning. Just yeah, so you look, could be prepared. like this chair. I'm like, stop. This is why I'm not moving. I was like, don't 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 move in this chair. And suddenly yeah. it starts to do this. I'm like, oh, this is this fun. This is fun. I'm, I'm having keep, a good time. <laughs> I'm gonna keep rocking in this yeah. chair. Oh, it's like, oh, there's a tambourine. Look at me. Oh, fine. And I'm like, no, stimulus, stop it. Right, let's take it seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have that thing where I can switch the ADHD off for like um, max like three hours. All right. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm working on shit, the nurses will basically be like, do you want to go for a walk, Ethan? I'm like, is it that point? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll just be like, off you go. Just like, like take, time let, to go for let, a walk. Letting the dog out. Yeah. Like, off we go. You know, much, 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 much. The other day I brought my, I brought a puppet to the hospital. That's fun. You know, were you working with kids? No. Okay. No, just, just brought the puppet. I wanted to clarify that. No, I was, I was, it was, it was just in, in the, in the room. It was, oh, you, it's that, that area is not. Like you're just giving somebody their prognosis. Patient, patient. You right? have <laughs> clinical depression. Quetiapine, <laughs> <laughs> quetiapine. Um, oh god. They um, it, it looks like a Muppets puppet. Uh, Georgia bought it for me for That's Christmas. That's so fun. And then because you know sometimes that that job's really stressful, and because it's not kind of patient facing. Yeah. Um, it was just you know the nurses and the psych graduates and the other mm-hmm. the other um kind of mental health professionals. So I I took my puppet and. Because I find it funny to make them laugh, and then it, and yeah. it might it might drive them nuts, and that's when they'll be like, "Walk time." I'm like, "Walk time." Sometimes it's a bit the best the best and worst thing about me as a person is that if there's like a big heavy thing going on, mm-hmm. I will try and make you laugh. <laughs> and ninety percent of the time, it's, it works a treat. Oh yeah. yeah. When it doesn't work a treat, I have to take myself out of the room. I go go. I'm like I have to go for a wee, and then I go and I'm like, "Stop it, you stupid bitch." Uh, calm down. Put your empathy hat on and go back out there. I double and down. Get them team. Let's go. I double down for a little bit and then I, I, I have to, I have to remove myself because most of the time it's great mm-hmm. because as someone who's been through so much trauma, mm-hmm. I have a, I have a backlist of jokes ready to <laughs> rock and roll whenever we're going. Okay. Um, but whenever somebody's not responsive to the jokes, then I'm like, oh, BRB, mm-hmm. gotta go take this mask off. This didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Back in a minute. Yeah. Exactly. I. I doubled down on it. I did. I did it with. I did it with one of my best friends. Oh no! Like it was. A, it was a. It, I can't go into the situation. It's okay. But it was. Sorry, Ryan. I'm really sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> but it, it was terrible. And then I doubled down on. I it. mean, I had a moment on this podcast where someone went about. I think it was Kanza, where he's like, "Oh, my dad left." And I went, <laughs> 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 I 
I think it, it was before the cameras were rolling. But it was because he told he given me other nuggets of things. Uh-huh. So he was he was saying it, and then I remembered the joke that he said about it, and then I laughed. I wasn't laughing at the fact that his dad left or whatever, but it seemed like I was. I think I saw that. One. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's me. No, I I, Oops. I do I do it with people who kind of with mental health. I love it like whenever mental health practitioners have a sense of humor. That's I, why I love my shrink. I think it's really important because there's yeah. loads of there's loads of evidence and there's loads of literature on kind of laughter and how beneficial it can be for laughter is the best medicine it really is and it's like there's a there's a friend of mine who he's a comedian in in canada he's called james mullinger and he it's we talk about this all mullinger the time. i thought it was yeah. mullinger mullinger huh. yeah mullinger um mullinger. we talk about this stuff all the time because actually because yeah. we do shows together so i'll do music and he'll do comedy and it's it not only does it make us feel absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. We always get really good feedback from it. Yeah. And the amount of times I'll make jokes with people when they are in crisis, but we're having a discussion around mm-hmm. it and actually, you know, throwing in a joke and if people react to it. It can help so much. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, again, like you have to have that human element if you're working yeah. in anything. And I think sometimes people lose that. And it's yeah, really become hard. too clinical. Yeah, yeah, it's really important to be like, yeah, do you know what? It's crap. It's crap. Let's talk about why it it's sucks. crap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tomorrow might be better. Let's have a joke and have to have a laugh. If not, come and see us later. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were talking about reading papers and stuff. Uh, I was reading a really good one the other day mm-hmm. um, about uh, ADHD meds yeah. not working on women whenever they're on their period. It's a new one. Obviously, because women are like the, the last people for studies when it comes to medicines, because uh, if you're doing a study, it's like nigh on impossible to get like really, uh, really reliable results yeah. whenever you're trying to deal with like hormones and, and times of the months and stuff. I, 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 I would I'd probably say it's probably to do with, I, I can't remember which one goes up and which goes down as like progesterone or estrogen or whatever. And then one's excitatory, one's inhibitory, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Because I know that some people with epilepsy, I think, are more prone to seizures around During, a certain time yeah. of kind of their their cycle oh that's interesting it is right because yeah i will yeah. because i was like what do you mean i'm taking an expensive piss when i'm on my period <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I, saw, I saw what are you the, talking about it's like five pound a pill i saw the one you were talking about when you drank <laughs> you took your meds with your monster shut up <laughs> yeah so basically this shit has citrus in it okay so you can have citrus but it has to be like an hour after you take the pill mm. otherwise cancels it out Another example of when I was having an expensive piss. Right? So dumb. So I, like, I, never, I, I wouldn't have thought about that, ever. Either did I. But I remember taking the pill and being like, why the I don't feel any different. And this is the good stuff. It was Elvance or Vivance to the Americans. And I was like, why isn't this working? It sucks. I had a nap after my first Elvance. And I was like, this is, something's broken, bro. Realized I'd had like, uh, not only that, I'd had like my monster, I'd had orange juice and some apple, apitaces and peanut butter. And I was like, added up the citrus to it and was like oh no f- <laughs> i am half lemon yeah honestly i'm made of citrus at this point so i was like of course it's not gonna work oh man but no. yeah really fascinating to find that out because i was like and i told mm. my shrink about it and he he's just been so busy the past like two years or whatever that mm. he's not had as much time as he normally would i think to ha- to read yeah uh papers yeah but also it's like such a uh very early stages very early stages of of this research i'm really curious about it yeah so now I don't bother taking it on those days. Do you notice any difference? I mean, I'm obviously more off the rails. 
because I find whenever you go through a period of taking the ADHD meds mm. your brain kind of gets used to being able to focus and mm-hmm. do things and be productive yeah so that whenever you take them it also may whenever you stop taking them your symptoms get 10 times worse okay fair so not all the time but sometimes so do like the symptoms get worse or is it you, you find it harder to deal with them because you were used to being able to focus yeah i think it's like i forget that i have to try to focus okay when right. i don't take them because i'm used to you know having that but kind of taken care of yeah yeah, absolutely so that whenever i don't take them and i kind of forget that i didn't take them and i need to focus yeah because like i'll I'll have days where it's like you know my husband's like bro what the hell is wrong Mm. with you like (laughs) why are you like you know basically running circles on the lounge and it's like oh yeah i didn't take my meds though bro that's why and i forgot to remember to focus interesting (laughs) because i i've never used them i've never used them and then I remember when I was doing my master's, it was something I was generally considering, but then I realised by the time I was able to see someone start taking them, mm. allow them kind of to titrate or whatever, and then be like, oh, I've pretty much finished it. You know, I just kind of went through it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know, I'm I'm not for or against meds. I find whatever helps. No, yeah, I, I, I wanted to try them just to see. Mm. And the first one I ever got put on was Elvance straight away. And it worked. Uh, so I was skeptic at the start, right? Because you started such a low dose and you built the way up, right? Yeah. I was skeptic until I tried a different one, which was Concerta, Concerta <laughs> yeah. XL. XL yeah. So it like wears off, right? Mm-hmm. Tapers down. Holy shit balls! I took, it. I took, I took the thing. I wasn't because it was such a low dose. I didn't really notice the benefits of like focusing or anything because yeah, yeah, it was so low. It was below the efficacy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but what I did notice was when it wore off at about six o'clock at night that I was like, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. I was like going up and down my stairs because I do that thing where it's like, oh, I need to go downstairs to get that thing to do the thing up here. I go downstairs and I get distracted. I'm riding the dishwasher. And then when I'm riding the dishwasher, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to go do that thing. And then I go upstairs and go, oh, shit, that's why I went down in the first bit. That for like the month I was on them. I was like, oh. So then I went back to the Because I was like, okay, cool. This actually does work. Okay. So spend so spenny though. Really? So spenny. See, part of me, part of me sometimes goes, I I would rather it just used for like if I was writing or, or working or doing mm-hmm. research stuff to be able to focus on that because it is That's like, the only times I use it really. really. Like if I'm if I'm like not doing anything at the weekend, I'm not taking the pills. Go away. Okay, fair. I wanna I wanna not do that. Because I've always I've always said to Georgia, like I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around what ADHD is and how it presents and what it how it occurs in childhood and how it occurs in adulthood and that kind of lifespan stuff mm-hmm. and then um, also how it presents in male and female and, and yeah and it's um you know i i find it sometimes it's great sometimes it's fine but a lot of the time it can be i've said to georgia like it can be torturous because mm. you, your brain never ever 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 switches off i find mine never stops yeah and you're just sitting there like Oh, I need to do this, and it's I like I'm always working, always, always working to the detriment of my health. Mm. And I'm like, why can't I take a day off? And then you have a day off, and you're like sitting there, like, oh, I don't like it. Yeah, can't stop. Mm. Because at least when you're busy, because mm-hmm. I love being busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like my brain's got a purpose yeah, to be yeah, yeah. doing the thinky thoughts. Yeah. Whereas like if I've got a day off, I'm like, I find I actually if I've gone through a period of like being really, really busy, and then I get my one day off, I'm depressed because I'm like all these thoughts and nothing to do yep. <laughs> yep. and there's like 10 thoughts in my head going you suck you're being lazy why aren't yeah, you doing yeah. this why aren't you doing that why aren't you being social and i'm like 
Yeah. But I laugh at my brain now because I'm like, you're you were so busy, mm-hmm. and now that we're giving you a day off, you want to convince me that we're depressed. <laughs> you want to tell me I'm worse. sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, shut the like. When I came back from Australia, my brain was like, we're sad. And I was like, shut the fuck, shut up. Yeah, you're not sad. You just haven't stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all month. You've had two days off. I mean that Australia trip as well, man. That was that was pretty nuts. Pretty bloody bunkers. Yeah, I know. How was Russell? Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Scary, but lovely. Not scary, like to his fault, if that makes sense. Is it I keep having of... to explain to people that it's like, no, no, no. When you meet somebody so <sighs> naturally commanding of a space, really? Yeah, like I'm naturally so confident and self-assured. I am not because of He's just a rock, dude. He's just, he... Really? He just can command a room naturally, right? That it's it's intimidating. As someone, you know, who has a lot of insecurities yeah, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And I, I'm a firm believer in that thing of, like, the things you don't like about people is because they're holding a mirror up to you and the things you don't like about yourself. Ooh. Yeah. Firmly believe that. Because I find it a lot because uh, I used to be really petrified of women. I am. <laughs> they're pretty scary like dating them especially terrifying <laughs> but i'd be like oh i don't like that she does this that and the other and then i have to go hey janet do you ever do those things or are you insecure that you do those things or have you been accused in the past of doing those things and i'm like shut up oh you have done therapy haven't you I know. <laughs> so much i'm like oh i don't reflect that much i can't <laughs> i want to be a hypocrite Dude, there are days though where i'm like i don't want to be this self-aware I don't, I'm bored, I'm tired. I'm tired of constantly evaluating my actions, my thoughts, my reactions. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking tired. I get that. I get that. I just, I just wonder if, uh, maybe I was going to say, maybe it's an ADHD thing because I, I try to understand the things I'm doing. Mm. But then actually, I, I think probably most people do it, but maybe not to the extent that you try and overanalyze stuff. Yeah, no, I talk to people. I talk to seeing regular people. Um, whenever I tell them my thought processes and all this kind of stuff, they're like, that sounds exhausting. And I'm like, okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, do not do this. And they're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, so you don't run the play by play of your day when you get into bed and then beat yourself up with a shame stick because yeah, yeah, you yeah. did X, Y, or Z. And they're like, Some, sometimes a little bit. Like if I put my foot in my mouth, I'm like, I forgive myself. How? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm like, what are you doing? so like there are days where i'm like i just want to be simple yeah, yeah i just yeah. i just want to be big old dumbski like i've always thought you're simple i'm pretty simple <laughs> <laughs> yeah you literally just called me dumb I know. yeah but i admit to it i am dumb like i always find it really funny when people perceive me as intellectual and anytime they do think i'm intelligent i'm like ah, i left school 16 <laughs> so you're using silly, academ- silly. academic achievements as the bar of intelligence <laughs> Yeah, I think people perceive me sometimes as intelligent because my brain withholds no important information, just random facts. Just all around. Like yesterday, I was uh, uh, doing a TV performance, right? And I overheard the two makeup girls talking. And she's like, why? I've had so many coffees and I feel even more exhausted. And I was like, well, actually, what you've got going on now is dehydration. So caffeine's actually going to do the exact opposite. What you need to do is think of it more. If you have a cup of coffee, you need to have two glasses of water. Uh, to make the caffeine actually work, blah, blah, blah. and blew their brain nuggets. They were like, "Whoa, I never knew this." Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "That's it. That's all I got. Is 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 just random facts." But the, the, I when, mean, I, when I got my boobs done, I always made that joke of like, 
just big booby, no big thoughts. <laughs> to be honest, I, I like, I, I've done that kind of thing as well. I did it in the gym and it was super awkward. Super awkward. What did you do? There was these guys. <laughs> I can't remember it fully, but it's like gym, 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 lads. Yeah. And they're, you know, I'm working out in like a Cookie Monster t-shirt. Of course. And, and Elmo socks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotta do it. Um, do you ever see those socks that have the little chicken legs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love them. I might get some now. Um, and they were they were they were talking about like I don't know it was like spies and things like this and I'm mm. and you know I'm trying to you know just work out and my brain's like oh this is what are they talking about what's this conversation mm. and then they talked about spies and they talked about different things like this and I turned around and were like well did you know that beluga whales had sometimes been used blah 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 in this place in the Arctic to do with this type of spies and and they all just looked at me and I was like. Soz. And what was even weirder is I had no weight in my hands. I was just, <laughs> I was just, just pumping it. <laughs> Beluga whales. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I understand those tangents, but equally, yes. I don't I don't think that having random information doesn't make you dumb. I like you know like you know I got I've got so many degrees, but so many. outside of that, not even even in that, you know, I'm not great at things. You know. No, but like. I I think, yeah, obviously just being good at school and stuff doesn't make you smart. We get that. We know that. But like also with the degrees you've done, you have to know things about things. I think sometimes... Like music. Like if I showed you a sheet music thing and I asked you about it, you'd be able to go blah, 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 that because of this and like harmony theory, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but you can you can learn that to a degree. That I don't think that takes necessarily... I think certain things, yeah, you, intelligence is important in certain things but i think mm. there's there's so much onus on academic achievement equaling intelligence and i really don't think it is mm. like some of the most intelligent people i've ever met have no formal or any qualifications and they just it doesn't matter you know and i think mm. there's so much pressure put on people to have these academic you know absolutely okay sometimes it's important to have qualifications because yeah. i don't want a doctor who doesn't have a doctorate who doesn't have an md yeah, yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna cut <laughs> hi everybody let me just cauterize <laughs> your bones <laughs> what yeah <laughs> that's a big big knife <laughs> that's a big word for Elmo. why is it so rusty <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i get it I, I i do but it's like it is one of those things where i'm stupid in the things that people don't expect me to be stupid in same like geography people take the mech out of americans for being so bad at geography and i'm like i don't know anything do you know where the eiffel tower is yes okay blackpool (laughs) no (laughs) disneyland i remember i was in in um florida of course i was florida Um, and uh Bless her, this girl asked Georgia. She went, um, she was like, where are you from? And Georgia went, England. And she went, oh my God, I love the Eiffel Tower. Oh no. And I looked at her and I was like, Georgia, she loves the Eiffel Tower. They're called pylons, babes. <laughs> like, it's not the Eiffel Tower, we have them everywhere. <laughs> and it was just like, and I just thought, oh, bless her, you know. But it, again, like a lot of the time, a lot of people haven't kind of, travel like i think we're kind of lucky where we are we can travel a lot yeah we're exposed to loads of countries like everybody has a passport Mm -hmm. because america is one of those countries as well that people people take the mech out of them for not having a passport Mm -hmm. and stuff but it's like you get all the climates there yeah you don't need to leave like even in california you can Mm -hmm. be in cali la da 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 take an hour drive and then you're up in the snow yep like what the frick and then you do 
on our drive the other way and you're in the desert. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. there's no real... Why would they bought The flights are so long and they're so expensive. Because I always find that there is, like, people are being somewhat classist when they take the mic out of those people whenever they're like oh you don't have a passport you've never been to blah, blah, blah. you're not cultured and it's like uh, some people don't have the money yeah, to no, do that you know especially with how their their jobs are paid like yeah, yeah, yeah. paid time off what is that you know sick pay i wish i knew you know because <laughs> <laughs> you're one of these people as well that i i think it's it's so fascinating like i love what you did during covid mm. right where you you know, help the NHS. Yeah. Um. You you worked with the NHS because obviously there's no fucking gigs because the yeah. world's on lockdown. So you went and you just did a people thing. So I'm envious of that because I have no backup plan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was. I found that re- a, a lot of people found COVID hard. You know, mm-hmm. some people, some people that I I came across didn't. They it didn't really they change. They thrived. Their life. Yeah, it didn't change a lot in their life. But you know, you you can relate to this like. You know, you couldn't go and do shows. You couldn't do live shows. You couldn't tour. You couldn't, mm-hmm. you know. I and my found... album came out. Yeah, boy. That's like the one thing that I look forward to because my job's so online and stuff mm. that whenever the album's coming out, I was like, oh my God, I gotta go be places, yeah, do things, yeah. do gigs, do this, yeah. do that. And then it's like, no, back to normal. Stay in your room. I just, I, I, I've always done live shows. As long, like, yeah. I, ever since I was a kid, live shows is... is are my favorite thing you thrive in that environment i love them i love them like Like, i remember looking at you whenever we did cambridge folk festival Mm. and i'm backstage i'm shitting my pants uh i'm dying also had a chest infection (laughs) remember i had a big steroid face yeah yeah yeah. because basically air came over (laughs) from like one of the desert places that was like really filled with dust Mm. basically like sand dust Mm. in the air and it contaminated my lungs and then i ended up turning up that event like yeah yeah, like a little. It was little, that little Secret Garden as well, wasn't it's, it? Oh, I'm thinking yeah. of Secret Garden. Yeah, sorry. I thought you played. Did you play both? I did do both. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. the Secret Garden was where we were doing the show together. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Were on as well. Oh, that was weird. We saved that. Insert famous model name oh. here. I I stopped her from getting kicked out because she was doing coke in the audience. Mm-hmm. She did get kicked out, but she didn't get kicked out of the whole festival. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I dragged her ass backstage, and my babe's like, mm. "Can I be? I oh, get I that you're having a good that. time." I get that you're having a good time, but yeah. I was like, because she was, she's not, she wasn't as massive as she is now. No. Because she was global I like a year later. That. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Rick's like showing me the yeah. sign <laughs> of like, is it this girl? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I had, a, about that. yeah. I took her backstage mm. because I could see the bouncer eye in her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hi, la, 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 come backstage. Mm-hmm. And then I whispered in her ear, I was like, I just seen what you did. Mm-hmm. That bouncer over there seen what you just did. He's circling the perimeter. He's mm-hmm. going to get you kicked out of this fest if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. come backstage. So then she came backstage and I think we d- I politely explained to the bouncer, mm-hmm. hey, she's this person, la di da di da And then we came to the agreement that she wasn't going to get kicked out of the mm-hmm. festival, but she was going to get kicked out of that stage. Leave that venue. Leave that stage, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Go, go uh-huh. to a different stage. Mm-hmm. Don't be a silly goose. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And then I got kicked out like an hour later. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> because I was underage. <laughs> They're like, girl, you're 17. This isn't an over 18s festival. And I was like, so I'm allowed to play. <laughs> but I can't play. Okay. No. no, no fun. Not allowed. I think I snuck a beer though. Probably. There was quite a few around. Yeah, there was loads around and then I just snuck it because I had the turtle cup. So we were pouring did beers into ba- my turtle cup. Did you have the backpack as well? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I forgot about we were pouring this. beers in the turtle cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's that. I, I'm not going to say too much. I just want to out somebody. But uh, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I was doing that. 
Happy goofy fun time. God, yeah. No, I forgot about that. Because I got escorted out. I got put in the little golf cart, take my badge taken off, and they're like, thank you so much for playing. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. I didn't remember this. Yeah, because I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, go away, child. <laughs> It's a very druggy festival. It is very, very druggy. You get it, yeah. all the bankers out in full clobber. Yeah, it's quite hedonistic, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, someone dressed as a giraffe doing all the drugs in one day that they should never do in their life, maybe. I quite like that vibe, though. I know a girl in recovery, right, who's a full-blown alky. Mm. And once a year, because they're quite hippy-dippy, the whole mm. family. Mm-hmm. Once a year, they go to a festival. Now, she's clean and sober. Yeah. She doesn't drink at the festival, but she, like, takes some ease. I'm so just gonna switch it up. She just just for a day, just like, cause like, taking that, listening to music, yeah, yeah, being yeah. around your family, having a lovey dovey good time around a campfire, kind of vibes, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then goes back to being sober. It is a very like I still love that festival. I haven't been to it in ages because it, it stopped and then it started again. But like, put in a good word for us, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I just I'd ended up because I, I never have the time to go because usually usually in the summer I'm yeah another place. Canada. I'm Canadian. Yeah. yeah, I'm so jealous that I always see you just like posting your stuff oh, that you're man. going out there to play gigs, and I'm like, screw you, bro. You you'd love it. You'd love I it. I would. You'd love it. One of, I probably gonna regret saying this, but one of my I remember <laughs> I did a house show. They do these oh, house shows. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. I told you about this. Yeah, you stay with like, ba- st- like fans and stuff. I it's it's it's, how can I say this? Because she hates me talking about her. Um, a follower. They they supported my music and basically they've now just be kind of become my family. Um, and it's like my surrogate aunt and I, I hate that, that, I'm sorry. I love that um, though. Nah, love her to bits. Love her to bits. That's she's, cool. Yeah, she's she's very patient and I'll I'll you know, if I ever become a qualified psychologist I'll probably Probably won't give her therapy. I'll just have to pay for hers. <laughs> for having to spend time with me. Um, you're not that bad, though. Come on. I'm not that bad. You're a good guy. It's. I hope so. I you hope are. So. I, just, I just know I invade her house for multiple months. Of but she year. wouldn't let you if she didn't enjoy it. I think she, I think she just worried I'll turn up. So she would rather know that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, just get out of my house. You yeah, know? give me the warning. She says that to me every day. And I'm always like, ah. You're so funny. Yeah. She's just sitting there. She know. just packed my bags for me. She's like, hey. <laughs> she she keeps me organized. She went. <laughs> it's a, nah, she's brilliant. But I remember doing You do it. so much out there. I do. I do. I, I love I, that for you. If I, I, I if, if anybody was like, right, you have to be famous. What kind of fame do you want? I'd be like, I would love to blow up in like any country, but mm. the country like I want to live in. <laughs> because imagine the ability, right? So go out there. Mm. Billy Big Balls it, everybody like going to your gigs, buying your music, la da 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 and then well. flying home and then everybody being like, right. It's 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 a funny it's funny because like it goes okay, it goes all right. And it's mostly on the east coast and this tiny little part, but I'd love to go further across Canada, but people are so supportive. They're unbelievable. They still supportive. buy music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can I, I, I print CDs and people buy CDs and Dude, yeah. I seen you printed uh, T-shirts the and... new EP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wrote it in um COVID. Nice. And then yeah. It's quite a morbid looking cover. It's got a skeleton on the bench with a guitar. Yeah. It's called Written in Limbo. I was like, it's metaphorical. <laughs> you should have so called clever. it Rittlin. <laughs> Rittlin Limbo. <laughs> 
you can have that. I'm gonna take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bricks next one. Yeah, <laughs> where you actually go and you take Ritalin and you make an album with the hyper focus of uh, meds. Just, just, just. Hello, I'm Ethan. <laughs> doesn't make you like that though I thought that's what it would make I, me that's like. what I, I think my, my, my stereotype or my misconception around it because is. you're old enough now I would never really want to give a child medication for ADHD I would really try every single therapeutic approach that I possibly mm. could unless it was getting to the point where they really couldn't cope because at that point they're traumatizing themselves they're they're, be, they're giving themselves trauma yeah. from trying to live in a world that's not built for n- neurodivergence, yeah. right? So at that point, I would. But I would try every other approach. They're, I think a lot of the time with kids, it's a kid's job description to be to be hyper, to Absolutely. be all over the place. And, and I think, again, it comes down to not pathologizing certain things. Yeah. There's been a couple of kids that I've seen um, and they they ended up... They hold mirrors up to you, bro? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> zooming around. Kids um, got the zoomies, bro. Oh, they wait, mate. They, I had the amount of accents I had as a kid. Social services turned up at my parents' house. Like, honest to God, you because I broke so many things. Oh, dude, but is that a symptom of ADHD? Because like accident, probably just impulsivity and just lack oh, of yeah. foresight. I have so. a double whammy with that bad boy. <laughs> BPD and ADHD. You've got all the letters. Impulsivity. You can make a word. No, dude. As I, <laughs> since I'm not straight. As well, I'm on that alphabet mafia, right? I'm on the 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 queer alphabet mafia, yep. and then the mentally ill alphabet you mafia. Have all the mafia. I have all of the shit. You have all the letters. LGBTQIA. Apart from, I oh know there's vowels. There's more vowels. I was like, there's no, there's no O. Like, mm. No, I don't think no so. No I'm sure we could. I'm sure there's something I've had in the past that's got an O in there. OCD. Orthorexia probably at one point oh when I got obsessed with like the veganism and the running. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's just full ADHD. Gotta catch him. <laughs> Diagnoses trophies. Yeah, um... honestly, I don't I don't even. I th- the thing was, did I want to be somebody who had a diagnosis? Yeah. No, <laughs> got I life. tried so hard. That's why I waited till I was like twenty six before I found out. Yeah, I didn't want the letters. Now you've got all of them. <sighs> Not all the, of the diagnoses. Yeah, it's can I have some of yours? No, would you want? <laughs> no. You want a breakdown if you're dating someone and they leave. Nah. Yeah. Nah, I'm right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's my attachment. Yeah, I love that stuff, like attachment theories and stuff. Yeah. It's like that's great. I have BPD though, so that's still, all out I the think window. It still holds weight. Still I love it. Weight. I remember da- dating this guy that uh, read a lot about those kinds of things. Mm. Like he'd read like every book, and like he was so smart. Blah 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 blah. And literally, you could have heard the sound of my panties hitting the floor whenever he was like, "Yeah, so my attachment, my attachment style used to be," and I'm like. <laughs> You <laughs> <laughs> might be securely attached, but I'm insecurely ambivalent. Pow! <laughs> he, yeah, he he spotted from a mile away that at that time I was, yeah, like uh, avoidant attachment. I mean, that kind of insecure avoidant, slightly manipulative of him. No, he never told me. Okay, I just knew that. Just he, used it for his own game. I just knew that he knew that that was me, but I knew a lot about attachment styles and stuff, and okay. I could tell that he was securely attached. <laughs> Which is this, terrifying. This is taking such a I'm like, what are you, way. bro? Like, you're like, sane? And then also he had uh, autism. And autism people and BPD people, when they date, works like a charm. Because he would tell you straight out how he's feeling. <laughs> All Like, just straight away. Just be like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't like it when you interrupt me because it makes me feel like my points aren't valid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I understand. 
Shut up, ADHD. <laughs> Stop getting oh, excited and interrupting. I hate that. I'm always trying, like, don't interrupt, don't interrupt, don't. Mm. In- oh, wait, I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, no, I had to do that in Australia mm. when I was with all those people at, at the Russell Crowe staff, where I do that stereotypical neurodivergent thing, right? Mm. Where you talk in anecdotes. <laughs> right? Somebody oh, shares an anecdote. And I, I, it was similar, and it's nothing the same. Well, even if it is the same, right? So I learned pretty quick I had to turn my ADHD off because, like, they'd be like, oh, insert anecdote here. And mm. I'm like, oh, insert similar anecdote here. Mm-hmm. Conversation almost dying. Okay, let's give it CPR. Ask them questions and never speak about yourself. <laughs> so I had to, I, that's what I did. I yeah, was like, no, I know that don't one. share anecdotes yeah. when you're talking to these people. I, I did it yesterday. I did it yesterday at the hospital. And it, it, was, it was just with a mental health nurse. And I'm kind of sitting there being like, why are you telling this story? This story is a really bad story. Mm-hmm. This, this person is now, and I, what I love, what I absolutely love is being <laughs> very like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's with some mental health professional I haven't met. <laughs> and they go how did that make you feel uh-huh. <laughs> and they're watching and I just look at them like it's fine this is normal and you mm-hmm. see them like oh okay you know it's it is my favorite thing I did it the other day where I was I had that similar thing where your brain's like shut up shut up <laughs> this is the worst story you could possibly tell right now <laughs> they don't know about your issues <laughs> and I just was a I was halfway through telling this awful anecdote and went you know what I'm not going to share that. Um, how was your day? <laughs> I, I have been kicked out of the WhatsApp groups for the teams that I work in oh. about four times for really dark things. Because <laughs> I'll send them songs. Oh. I'll send them songs as well. So I, I used to have to then just send them to someone and be like, fancy sharing this. Because I, I yeah. would always send them like, a Christmas song. And last time it was when I got, they allowed me back in this group. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Mm-hmm. So I'm going to write a song. And within 20 minutes of being allowed back in this group, I had written a song on a banjo and I had my puppet and it was at Christmas. I had my puppet by the Christmas tree. I had a cowboy hat on. I was playing the banjo about how I'm probably going to get kicked out of this group. <laughs> and with, it was 20 minutes and I was like, fantastic. And you could see them just, I could hear the regret. Immediate yeah, regret. Like, why did why? we do this? Why have we let him back in? You're very good at the spontaneous songs. I was going to say, because you were talking about your mate who does comedy and then you doing the music mm. out there. I'm like, when are you, when are you going to drop the comedy album? <laughs> it, me, and I, I, me and my friend, we did write a song, um, mm-hmm. but it was specifically for uh, kind of the New Brunswick like province. Um, yeah, so it's got their references and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Um, and I have been doing some music. Because you did for... one for your wedding. Yeah. That was sick. I wrote that. The night before. Because normally, right, whenever like a groom whips out a guitar or something. I love you. Yeah, you're like, oh, no, this is going to. Yeah. But I was like, I trust him. Yeah. And then it was great. Yeah. And no, it, it ha- I think it had a, an OK balance of actually being funny and, and slightly emotional. What was the comeback line in that? There was. Because oh, was... there was always something that came back to the thing. Um, and I can't remember what it was, but it was very good. I think that was the more soppy element of it. Yeah, um, I think there was like, yeah, there was like, you told like a bunch of jokes back to back to yeah. back and then the nice line, the nice payoff line. Oh, George will kill me for not remembering this. Um, it's all good, we can come back to it. Right. I'll remember it later. Um, yeah, I know, it's always the kick yourself moment. <laughs> it's pressure, George, I can't remember it. <laughs> down. No, I, 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 at some point in my life, I sent this to manager Rick the other day, I was like, I want to do a comedy thing at some point, like a comedy record or something. I hope you write comedy songs. I love, I love it. I love writing them. Cause I like I have that fun thing where I love like taking pops. If it wasn't so cringy to post, I would mm-hmm. post them. Where you know you change the lyrics to a song, mm-hmm. 
to make it like a funny haha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if YouTube 2010 didn't ruin that for everybody, like that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, true. All true. those stupid parody counts yeah, yeah, that yeah, did yeah. really bad parodies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I love writing. I just love writing songs. Do you know what I mean? Like you know this. It's yeah. Just... I, like I got into the swing of it literally as soon as like I got put on the katyapine <laughs> and I got put on the ADHD meds. Yeah. Writing has been so much more fun. Really? Oh, it's so good. Like, as soon as I got those two things sorted, like Reg will even tell you, my songs went from being awful at the start of the year because I was on a med that like squashed me. Uh-huh. Our purpose <laughs> just killed my feelings. And mm-hmm. I tried writing, awful. They mm-hmm. all sucked. They were so bad. Dude. Really? So bad. Because it was like painting by numbers, but with no feeling. Okay. You know? Office rhymes. <laughs> anybody could do it. It was it was really simple stuff, right? And then, well, literally a week into taking these things, mm. boom, like really? unlocked the key to just being able to actually write songs. Obviously, I still write chat ones, but like everyone does, they're not anywhere near as bad yeah. as what they were. That's really interesting, man. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, for me, it was like, oh, imagine I actually have the ability to <laughs> sit, focus, write. Mm be in the room and the writers were like disappointed yeah everybody came back and was like what happened there really yeah holy hell and it was just because of our rippers all you found so being switched over to katyping mm-hmm. which the emotional window is much more wide yeah um so i actually am able to feel feelings process feelings and it stops if you're going too high stops if you're going too low but the window's huge whereas our purposeful i was very quiet uh, I, I didn't talk unless, unless somebody asked me like a question and I didn't have access to my feelings. Like it was just, it was um, bubble wrap. I was completely really? bubble wrapped from everything, which I probably needed at that point in my life. Mm. So I don't like, sometimes you need that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Uh, and also people have to understand that you if you're on our purposeful, that doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you because yeah, everybody absolutely. has totally different reactions to totally different meds mm-hmm. it's like insane like i swear by katiapine it changed my life but for some people they're like i hated it it yeah, doesn't yeah, work for me yeah. da. and i'm like cool brains are funny i love that um but yeah as soon as i did that unlocked it it was crazy remember like the first week of actually taking the meds on like a higher dose and i remember waking up because I, I set my alarm an hour before i had to get up mm-hmm take the pill go back to sleep and i wake up and i'm awake really wow and i was like okay and i have five minutes of like just chilling and i was straight on my phone straight in my emails straight into responding to people that i hadn't responded to in months actually doing things that needed to be done not just like big heavy clouds mm. that followed me around that i just knew i had all these things that needed to be doing and i couldn't do i think that's really good when, when medication works like that i think it's fantastic absolutely you know and then it also like the Vance definitely makes me happier. Really? Like, just as a person. Maybe it's because I'm getting things done and yeah, then I'm not yeah, feeling absolutely. guilty all the time. <laughs> or if mm. it's just, like, I'm on chemical math, you know. Maybe both. Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> but I don't know. So it's it's been class for that. Nice. Yeah. I love it when things work. Same. Uh, except the fact that they're so expensive. Although typing's not. typing's nice and cheap. Like, three months supply is, like, 25. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. For diving, dope. Because yeah. you, you get it all privately? Yeah. Nice. So it's like 20 quid for a private script. Mental. And then my psychiatrist is really nice. He doesn't charge me for the script for Katiapine. But he obviously charges me for the script for my Elvance. Because <laughs> he has to write that. 
he has to physically pen and paper write the Elvan yeah. script. Yeah, Eddie Hishima's can't be. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, I just yeah. You have to actually post it and send it, and it has to get to the pharmacy, and then they have to put it out. So yeah, he charged me for that, like twenty five pounds. Give me my drugs. Dude, they're the hardest thing to get. And then there's a shortage globally of ADHD meds right now. So. That's going to increase a lot of lack of focus. Yeah, <laughs> right. The world's going to just stop turning for no reason. And then they're going to figure it out. Oh, it's going to start turning quicker. But obviously, because a lot of people are getting diagnoses. Mm -hmm. And then they're saying like, oh, everybody has ADHD now, this, that, and the other. And it's like, mm, no, there's people like myself. Mm -hmm. I know people older. A lot of women in their 50s getting mm -hmm. diagnosed now. Mm -hmm. And it's like shit like yeah. it's it's not that they didn't have it it's just like it was so hard to diagnose some yeah, women yeah, yeah. like literally over the past 10 years is only when they've started making breakthroughs with how to yeah yeah very much place so. it with women especially because um that thing where people think the hyperactivity say is just physical presents oftentimes in women the hyperactivity is mental hyperactivity that's really interesting i hadn't thought about that actually so whenever i look at my school reports and stuff and it's like Bit of a daydreamer, la di da di da da da. It's like, yeah, I was ten miles deep in a plot and a storyline of a of a fantasy that I've been running in my brain for like six months. Uh, that was where I was. They're like a daydreamer or whimsical, and I'm like, oh, it's actually like fucking ADHD, bro. Because it's normally like they couldn't sit me by the window. I was banned from window seats. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I got <laughs> moved to like, the front. No, 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 no. I got moved to the front. I got moved to the front, right, for philosophy and ethics. Okay, and I loved it. Because that was like my favorite subject. I got full marks in the exam. Right. <laughs> Top percentile or whatever for that fucking one class. Yeah. Because yeah. the first year I was put in the front row. And then she moved me out. She's like, no, you don't You don't need to be in the front row. Like, we need <laughs> I do. Basically, she would always put the badly behaved people in the front. Uh -huh. Like, maybe halfway. I maybe didn't even make it the whole year. But like the first couple of months I was in the front. And then I got moved out because I was doing well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, but I like it. I like being close I to the got, board. I got stuck at the front forever forever hmm. that's what i used to hate but it helps though because if you if you're behind a bunch of people it didn't like it didn't five rows of combos because it was i always found it was like here he is like he's there because he's just not doing what everyone else is supposed to do mm. i'm kind of like yep no but I'm, I'm still finding it difficult you know you've moved me but hasn't haven't changed anything i got put in form class isolation for a year once literally because academic juvie because a guy was given the presentation of the student council reports or whatever. Yeah. And then this girl who bullied me, anyway, she was like, can I borrow a pen? And I was like, from across the table. And I was, I only have a pencil. I'm so sorry. Like, is that okay? Mm. And then the teacher's like, Janet, that's it. I've had enough. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Isolation for a whole year. So basically, I had to sit beside him. I had a little desk beside his desk. Back against the whole class. In form class for a whole year. And you know what? It was fucking sick, bro. I was I was bullied so heavily anyway. Okay. So being away from those bitches, best thing that could have happened. Also, it meant I got to go on little adventures, like a little hobbit. I was like, because he'd be like, can you go get this printed? Can you go copy this? Can you go do this? And I'm like, yes. an adventure. <laughs> Wee. It was sick. Print. <laughs> I loved it. I got trusted with so much stuff. <laughs> it was the best. So the worst case scenario turned out to be the best case scenario. Mm. I mean, that teacher became Biffles. Uh, okay that's fine that's i think that's i don't know i i, I just think uh, someone once described it, it's kind of like moral injustices or moral injuries that uh, that occur to people who have neurodiversity or whatever um when they're young just just the things that people are expected to do mm -hmm. rather than the things that you can actually do like i know that 
you know, I went back to uni later and I would never have been able to do like the particularly the masters that I did when mm. I was twenty one. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Absolutely. But now I'm kind of like, actually, I, I can do those I things. I can because I've learned the tools, the skills, the coping mechanisms, yeah, all I the things the perfect, that work. Yeah. That's the perfect analogy of it. Yeah, because you know. it's like uh, when you don't have that understanding and education of how you work and how you mm -hmm. work best, yeah. you're pissing money against the wall. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not like the amount of people as well that uh, have to go to therapy after taking ADHD meds for the first time because for their whole life like I'm, you know the struggle like you can't focus you can't do this you can't do that you've lost jobs you've lost opportunities you've blah, 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 yeah. your whole life and say you get to 30 and you get prescribed this pill and you take the pill and you unlock that part of your brain that's like I can do things I can achieve yeah. things I can focus blah, blah blah they grieve the 30 years that they lost yeah. it's like, time you don't get back time you don't get back obviously it's like still a positive because you can you know go and apply yourself then and all that kind of stuff but they're like sad and Mm -hmm. the pain that they've put themselves through in the yeah. sense of like just being so hard on themselves for their whole life that's fair that's yeah that's i hadn't thought again i hadn't thought about it that way i think sometimes i can you know i sometimes get in conversations with people about adhd but it forgetting that actually those things can can occur mm -hmm. um you know my, my my diagnosis even though it was late it made sense to me and mm -hmm. then i was kind of like oh yeah well whatever here we go yeah, you know, and just off I went, carried on just being myself. But you cope with it really well. I think like mostly, probably yeah. not all the time. Like yeah, it's impossible to always does. cope. Yeah, but it's like you know the fact that you've gone away and you've got all these degrees and all these qualifications and yeah. even right. I say it so simply: the ability to write a song with ADHD, bro. <laughs> What do you mean you finished it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I appreciate that one. Talk it's... to talk to the 600 voice notes on my phone that I started and are not done. Yeah. Voice notes, just uh, bloody normal notes, videos. That's why I like co-writes. Yeah. yeah. Babysitter. Yeah. That's fair. Like, I'm, I'm, you're going to lock me in a room for a whole day uh -huh. with the main goal to get a song done? Get a song done. Yeah. Yeah, I, dude. I think there's always a lot of pressure to get it done as well. I remember being on a mm. write and it, it was... And it, and it didn't, we came up with something, but it, it just wasn't, we didn't finish it. And I was like, mm. actually, do you know what? Okay, fine. And I, I, I know the idea is to get it done. Yeah. But sometimes if you get something done, you really, really push it. It's just a bit crap. Yeah, I don't believe in pushing it at no. all. But like, I will always set the goal and keep everybody on track to finish the song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do tell them, I'm like, if we don't finish it, it's never getting done. Yeah. It can go on my to-do list, but it's never going to get to done. I do, I, I've done co-writes, but I just do, I do less. I think, uh, you know, I... I don't know. I think it was when going over to Canada, I kind of took control of my own career a lot more. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, all the money I have to put in is my own money, but all the money I make is also now my money. money. And, I, and I can choose to, you know, when when I go and, you know, the, the things I do over there. But it's, you know, I, I do like co-writing, but mm -hmm. it's, I, I, I don't know. I think Canada very much changed my perception of what my career could be because mm -hmm. I got miserable with music. Because yeah. it was, I fell out of love with it. But then you, you have to. I think sometimes you have to do that. Mm. You have to be at the quitting point. Yes. To then appreciate what you got. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I had to quit for three days to be like, oh no, I actually am in music for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I had a mental illness episode, and then I convinced myself that I was only in music because it's the one thing people told me I was good at, and that's all I was known for, and that's all I could do. Mm. And I was like. What if I don't want to do it? Blah, 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 And then quit. And then literally, like, within a day later, I was like, oh, so then if I move home, oh, that guy plays the guitar. We could start a band with him. I heard they're looking for a vocalist, actually, those ones up the road. 
He's like, babes, you're not fucking quitting music. Yeah. So, yeah. come on. It. I, I think it was confirmed for me. Like, it, I don't know, Canada completely changed it for me because actually... I've always said if it if it if it falls on its ass, it falls on its ass. But I've had a, mm. a great time, and but it was when I couldn't do shows because of the pandemic, when I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. It was thirty six months that I didn't do a show for, <sighs> and I was miserable, utterly miserable. Mm. And it's actually trying to convey that to people when they like, why don't you get a proper job? Why don't you get this? And I'm like, actually, I I really find it difficult. I was so miserable, mm. you know, at the worst point of one of the worst points of my life. I went and worked with people at the worst point of theirs and mm. you know i found that very difficult not from helping people that gave me purpose yeah but actually being you know seeing other people being able to do shows because like for example some of my friends in canada were able to because yeah. it, it they didn't have it it wasn't where they were it wasn't as severe particularly in the uk mm. um and they you know i just uh, watching that i found hard i remember one of like james my, my my comedian mate i remember and i've said this to him he he was doing a show that we were supposed to be together on mm, um full mom yeah and i and i was i wasn't there and i was standing in a hospital and mm. i was kind of like what what's happened with my life what's happened this is not what i want yeah um and i love psychology i love neuroscience i love helping people mm. i really do um but music is always the first and foremost for me. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. it. There's nothing like playing a live show. That there's no comparison to it, you know. And I, I just, yeah, Canada's kind of given me that very much purpose. I'd love to move there. I hopefully one day will, mm-hmm. and be able to do psychology and and also be able to do music. You ever thought about musical psychology? Like music therapy, I have, yeah. I have, but I wanted. Seems like something for like when you're older. Yeah, it's. I nearly did. I, I looked at doing a master's in music therapy, um, but I I kind of didn't feel that I'd have the as much knowledge as I wanted to be able to do that, and I mm. didn't have that at the time. So hence why I did the psychology degree. Mm-hmm. But I kind of fell in love with the neuro stuff, so I went and did more neuro. Yeah, um, like the little kids. Yeah, and it, and equally, I think you're I, like the perfect person to work with kids as well. Oh mate, I love I love when kind of kids present i don't want a kid to feel upset or distressed or traumatized or anything like that but i i, I can imagine you step into the the client doctor role very well <laughs> I love it. they make me laugh so much i mean some of it is really upsetting oh of and, course and, and a couple of them have even when it's just like you know it's, it won't necessarily be a lot of kids don't present face to face in that crisis sense but mm-hmm. you get quite a lot of calls from parents mm-hmm. um and there's a couple that will definitely always stick with me and they I'm I'm quite good at switching things off, but I'm like one does stick with me, and I'm like, because there was nothing you could heart. do. There was nothing you could really do because it wasn't, it wasn't a mental health thing, mm-hmm. but it was just a situation that was just it just sucked for her, you know. And then you sit back and you're like, you just kind of want to. I just want to give you a hug, sweetheart. I just yeah. You know, God, I, I can't even imagine. Like I can't like because I was gonna go into being a like. A therapist i had like loads of things that i wanted to do yeah, in the yeah, sense yeah. of like i was going to keep doing the horse riding obviously because i was mm. the show jumper <laughs> we um so part of me was going to just keep doing the show jump and see if i could get with that yeah and then if that was still going well i was like oh maybe i'll go into like stunt riding or something because yeah. i was like i don't care throw me through a fucking fiery loop <laughs> i'm grand yeah i'll do that I, so i, I was see you doing that. that was kind of like am I, i'm gonna i think either at some point this year do a stunt riding course nice for nice. shits and gigs, bruh. Because it's like, why not? 
become a qualified stunt writer? I'm always, always hey, why not? for people doing things. Like, yeah. doing more things, doing more skills, getting... Well, I think this year know. I wrote a whole list of, like, hobbies and, like, things to just do and mm. try. Like, I, I've ticked one off the list, which was build a Lego. I was too poor for Lego as a kid and I always wanted to build a Lego set. So I built a Lego set. And I was like, ooh. And I've got, like, one or two more Lego sets to build. I might buy you some Lego now. No, don't. It's so spenny, dude. It's so expensive. But I had really good fun. I was like, oh my God, I did a thing. Wee. <laughs> so I've written this whole list of things I want to do. Ah, it's great. And that's on it. Damn. And then, I, I, funny enough, I did tell Russell. It just came up in conversation. I was like, oh yeah, I kind of want to do a stunt course this year or whatever. And he's like, I'm not going to say their name, but like this famous family for stunt riding in the UK. They're like the creme de la creme of mm-hmm. stunt riders. And he's like, oh, I'll put you in contact with them. And I was like. Now you've got the pressure to do it. <laughs> All right. If not, you're going to disappoint Mr. Crow. Yeah, well, one of the things on the stunt course uh, criteria to pass the exam is to basically gallop on a horse and then shoot a bow and arrow at a target. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then some of the stuff on it, it's like, I've already done that. But I was just a kid and had no sense. Where it's like, you have to uh, jump a horse over a fence with no saddle. I'm like, I've done that. I've jumped with no saddle for shits and gigs. Fine. Loads of stuff like that. And then it's like, oh, you have to be able to mount a certain height of a horse from the ground with no help. And I'm like, babes, doing that my whole life. i got big old long legs. I can barely get on a seat. I can, I can get on an 18 hand high horse. We're all good. And I think the thing is like 16. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. The only thing I've ever done with a horse is have it kick the head out of me. <laughs> oh. It just walked up and kicked me. I was like, fantastic. Ow, to the yeah. hospital. To the hospital we go. I'm like, oh, they're beautiful creatures from a distance. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had crazy moments. Like I was riding one of the horses for the music video Better Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was put on the mental one. These horses aren't backed, by the way. They're never really ridden. They just pull funeral carts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But they, they have been backed, so they have been ridden. Yeah. But they just don't do it often. So the other, there was three horses. Two of them, absolutely chill. Calm, calm, calm ladies, right? This guy, mental. Okay. <laughs> I got put on him uh, uh, for, we were just going for a hack the day before mm. the music video started, just to like get used to the horses, yeah. right? Nuts. Nutter. Luckily for me, because I did show jumping, my horses were always mental. So I'm used to mental horses, right? So yes. basically we're on this road, it starts to rain and there was like a walking path behind this bush, okay? So this woman obviously stuck up her umbrella. Freaked out. Ears back. On his feet. Give a wee, give a wee cheeky rear. Galloped <laughs> off into the fucking sunset up this hill. Uh, luckily that's where we were going anyway. It was pretty clear that we had to go I'll up this hill. I'll see you soon. So for about five minutes, he's going full blow up this hill. He's he's like spooked to the nines. Uh, we get to the top of the hill and he's like, good dog. So he starts like <laughs> bucking and like rearing. And I'm like, babes, I used to be paid to do this for a job to just sit on horses while they do this. So I was like, it's all good. I'm chilling. I'm like, if you knock me off, I'll be impressed, babes. I will be. So I was just oh, letting him man. do that, and it was all fine. There was a big issue after, but I'm not going to get into it because I get somebody else in trouble. But he calmed down. But when I got to the top of the hill, and then he got over the fact there was a dog, because uh, he's been a big baby. But bear in mind, this is like a 17 hands high horse. This is a big boy, right? And they're 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 cart pulling horses. They are heavy. They got big heavy feet. Mm. So if you get if you get kicked by one of them, like that's my fear was obviously if I fall over and he. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was like, oh, well, mm, if it happens, it happens. Got a helmet on. <laughs> um, but um, I eventually he calmed down and I got off him because I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to put you through the torture of walking home with umbrellas. Or oh, the umbrella. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to ride a horse, but I'm, I like, I've never had really the opportunity. 
Oh, they just I'm like just blow it. there's so many of these pony tracking things, and people who are scared of horses, I have to tell them right. Those those are the automatic cars of horses. Okay, stop and go, stop <laughs> and go. They put them in a line. They're trained to follow the horse in front. Yeah, that's what they do. You're not gonna get in trouble. That's why they allow you to canter on beaches and stuff, gallop on beaches, because like those horses, uh, they're just they're they they can't get more docile than that. I think I might start with like a tiny horse. I'm not that heavy. And I'm quite small. You can, yeah, I can put, I could put yeah. you on a pony. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> they, I, to this day, because there's a difference between horses and ponies, the height, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love ponies. If somebody's like, do you want this big, elegant beast or this tiny little pocket rocket? I'm like, pocket rocket. <laughs> I want it. I love, because they're mental. And it's like, if I fall off, it's like, I'm what? Yeah. Five foot off the ground? They just sprint off, don't they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, that's chill. I don't mind. Because that's how I, I used to ride for other people was because... Uh, they would have a pony and I didn't grow tall until I was like 15. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was about like five foot and really scrawny, right? Maybe five two. And I, yeah, I'd get on these like l- little girls' horses mm. where they're like, Daddy, my pony's broken. Do they're that again. More money than sense. Do <laughs> that again. Daddy, my pony's broken. Yeah. That yeah. So then basically it was like, Janet, here. <laughs> Because the horses are the ones that are registered to jump. It's uh-huh. not the rider. So basically, she's throwing a tantrum and she's like, I don't want to ride the horse. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So then daddy comes over to me. And he's like, hey, I'll give you X amount of money if you just get on and jump that course. And I'm like, yep, cool. That's all. Yeah. Got a wee gig a few times doing that. <laughs> That's what I was kind of, yeah, I would go to these competitions. And because I was, uh, you know, I was competent enough of a rider yeah. and I was small enough, but like, you know, five years deep into riding, so it's like, okay, cool. You it's a just... whole different world than I knew. Yeah. Like, just jumping their horses. And their horses are like, like 10 grand horses, and I'm sat there on like a cheap mental nutter. Like, my own horse is absolutely crazy. So <laughs> they're giving me this little stop and go that sometimes has a wee buck. I'm like, wee. <laughs> yeah. That's the closest thing to a job I ever had. <laughs> I think the closest thing I've ever had to a job is literally the mental health stuff. And it, it it's mm. oh no actually come on have you ever had a job no i was obviously you've had the what, mental what, health stuff but there, there was there was a time when bus they actually, boy no they, they brought horses tiny little horses onto the ward shut up and i've just remembered that shut up mm. i i don't i didn't understand it and i wasn't present for it horse therapy equine therapy yeah, but which is also bollocks by the way i did that in rehab it's fucking sucked <laughs> And it was in a, it was in a, in a cute ward. Sick. And I, I, I don't know how that translates. Mm, you know? Well, equine therapy in itself is so dog shit, right? Because like I remember one of the exercises we had to do was go into the stall, pe- uh, brush the horse down. Mm. Got into the stall, went to brush the horse. He clearly didn't want to be. He didn't. He was fine with other people. This horse just didn't fucking want to be brushed by me. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine with horses. I was like, dude, nah. And I, I walked out. And then like, Eva was like, uh, therapist Eva. She was, wasn't even a anyway um she goes Maybe. janet um no why did you, why did you stop brushing the horse and i goes well you, you didn't really seem to to want it like blah, blah 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 and she's like so does that mean like uh if somebody doesn't outwardly show that they like love or care for you or whatever blah, 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 that you don't want to put the effort in to like make that bond or something i was like yeah yeah they don't like me i'm gone yeah what do you mean the horse wasn't consenting anymore yeah Horse, isn't, the horse didn't want me. Yeah. I left. 
She just was trying to overanalyze it as a business. Mm. I just don't want it. I hate that stuff, though. I hate that stuff. We yeah. No, but it was so bollocks, this? though. It was so bollocks. Because we had to set up this course. We, basically, you were given an animal. It was like mm. a horse or a donkey. We got a donkey. Fuck my life. Anyway, we got this donkey. We set up this obstacle course in the I arena. And they go, right, lead your animal around. So I started leading the donkey. Donkey stops halfway. Just wouldn't move. Wouldn't budge. And I tried, obviously, all the tactics that I know to make animals move. Wasn't doing it. And she goes, okay, Janet, now, what's just happened? And I was like, well, we got halfway through, and he stopped. The donkey is broken. And she's like, um, what, do you, what do you think that reflects to your... Because this whole thing was supposed to be a metaphor for your sobriety journey. She'd be like, he's missing Shrek. Yeah, and I just went, <laughs> uh, just buying into the bullshit just so I could just leave. I was like, so the donkey's quite like me, okay? So I, I was sober for three years, and I was like halfway, say, on my recovery journey, and then I stopped. And I didn't want to move forward. So he <laughs> reflects me in my sobriety journey. You didn't, did you? Yeah, I did. Of course I did. Just to shut her up. Very good, Janet. Yeah. We can progress to the next part of the course. <sighs> Dude, uh, you had to go every Saturday morning too. We're going to paint you green. And you're going to walk alongside this donkey. I went to a Shrek party and we had donkeys. <laughs> Do you see on my Instagram? Oh, no. I went to a Shrek party. We all dressed up. Uh, everybody had a Shrek character, whatever, blah, 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 blah. blah and they hired two donkeys. And a face painter <laughs> for grown-ups. And what does that say about your sobriety now? <laughs> that I'm just as fucking nuts. <laughs> Dale! <laughs> yeah, right. Because that was the thing with, like, getting sober. I was, like, it's watching people get sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get fine, and they're okay, and they're grand. And then they're, like, doing good. And then I got sober and was, like, I am not doing good. No, I am like not. It. I'm not. I'm not doing good. And then that's like that's why I had to get a diagnosis, obviously, because mm. it was like, oh, because I took my coping mechanism away. <laughs> so now I've got all these feelings and nothing to help. It was maladaptive, but at least it was something. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like I, I literally would have these episodes, and I would like be crying on the floor, and then I'd laugh because I go, I know why I drink. <laughs> you know, I knew why I drank. Obviously, <laughs> this is what I'm like without booze. I'm like having. I'm convulsing on the floor in tears. No wonder. But uh, <laughs> it's no, it's it's funny, isn't it? I think a lot of people use different things in it, and it and it and it is sometimes like I've, I've never known anyone wake up and go, "Do you know what? Today's the day. Today's the day I get addicted." That's yeah, it. why would I choose that? Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go for it. I'm really I get people saying down. that all the time, where they're like, you know, trying to be like, "She's not even an alcoholic," and I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I chose this. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to not be able to drink for the rest of my life. I think I, I don't, I don't listen to people that like that. You know, I know they're frustrating, but I'm kind of like, you know what? It's like when people say to me, ADHD doesn't exist. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Cool story. I know I'm not going to argue with you because I'm not going to change your mind. Also, I never take advice from people that I don't, I wouldn't want to live their life. If I don't admire your life mm. and you're trying to give me advice. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's why I listened to Manager Rick. Cause like I listen to manager right? yeah, cause he's he's got like a loving wife, loving kids. He's got a house. He's got a job that he loves. Like all of these things that are great. And I'm like, I'll listen to you. But if you're coming over to me, your life's in shambles. Your wife hates you. Your kids disowned you. La 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 la. And you're going, you're ugly. I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Or you sh- you should sing this other genre. I don't like it. I'm like, no. I always find your comments interesting. I always find your. Oh, comments you've always loved my comment section, bro. <laughs> He loves it. I, I'll post something that uh, could be maybe perceived as provocative and then Ethan's in the comments going, good, good luck, luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember someone came at me like really hard. Yeah. Like, Why did that? And I'm like, and I think I just said like... She, she'll get it. 
And then I think I commented back and went, Haha, lol, Eden. <laughs> because this person got really angry. Like, why does she need like blah, blah, blah? And I'm just like, one, like... Take you're, one glance at this comment section, bro. Yeah, you're being quite reactive. And two, I've known Janet for years. And I think yeah. I just said, next time I'm just going to text her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that might have been what I responded to. I was yeah, like, was looking forward like, to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I find your comment section like... It's just Instagram though, bro. It's like everywhere else, everybody's... Oh, Facebook too can die in a hole. Um... <laughs> Because for like 10 years, I got mean comments from men mm. all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Now it's women, bro. A woman just, I think, lost her job because of her comments that she left on my page. Was that on the Facebook? Yeah. I, 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 I didn't find them. I saw what you posted. Yeah. I was kind of like, she <laughs> was working in a hospital and oh, she yeah. left a comment basically being like, she needs to eat. She basically called me a skeleton or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And like okay. made comments about my body. And then I was like, Hey, like, it's, uh, I've been very open about suffering with an eating disorder in the past. La 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 la. These mm. comments can be like potentially triggering and, mm. and cause this, that, and the other. I was very polite, and then she just doubled down, bro. She doubled down, and she's like, "If you're choosing to get triggered by what I said, then that's your fault. I don't really be and went off on this whole batshit crazy rant. And I was like, "All right," and I just dug into her. Then I was like, "All right, you want to play? You want to be a dick?" Yeah. And I, I think I called her a whispering fanny fart of a human. <laughs> I was like, if you want to be a what whispering fanny fart of a human, that's fine. I'm not triggered by what you say. I'm just saying this so you don't say this to anybody else who's ever suffered with this. Because yeah. it's going to have actual grave consequences. And explain the whole thing. And then, yeah, just was like, you know, have the day you deserve. Uh, people took that. Found her job through her Facebook. Because she's a dumb bitch. Obviously, she has her fucking job on her Facebook. So they contacted her, sent the screenshots into her work. Mm. If she had have just been like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I get that. I'd have been like, call off the dogs. Yeah. Uh, but because she doubled down and was such a dick and then she was being a dick to everybody in the comments who were just trying to be nice to, and educate her. And I'd even deleted comments of people coming for her looks because I was like, hey guys, we don't fight fire with fire. Yeah, like yeah, I'm absolutely. trying to say like, don't comment on people's bodies. Stop commenting on hers. Okay. Yeah. So I deleted all those comments. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, she doubled down. And I was like, well, do you know what? Fuck you. Because I, I hinted at it whenever somebody was like, I can't believe this person's like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it's so funny. It's like she has her public job and her description. I explained it so that she would see it and potentially like not be a dick. Yeah. But then she kept doing it. And then, you know, consequences. So I think that's the thing. Like, you know, I don't want people losing their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But then she's working with but public. It's, uh, yeah. It's her whole Facebook page, because I stalked it, obviously. It was just, just like, oh. I just, you know, I, I don't, yeah. I I find the whole thing I, I, strange. I never will understand. <laughs> like, you know, there's things online I've seen. I'm like, I don't agree with it, but I'm not gonna tell you why I don't agree with it because it's, mm -hmm. it's it, there's no point. Absolutely, you know? it's it's like I don't believe in people losing their jobs, but like if uh, if you're in a job that like directly correlates with the hate that you're leaving online, mm. and I and I think you know equally there is consequences to actions. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know. I think for you know even from a mental health professional, if if they if you had where you work and what you do and then all of a sudden you start, you know being a dick on the internet. Yeah, effectively, actually, well, you know, why are you doing this? You you shouldn't. Um, no. But I mean, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put my job on on Facebook. That's like that's like the first thing. Does she have a date of birth and her address Everything. and her phone number as well? Her family. She has kids, bro. I was like, wow, you must raise those kids lovingly. Bless her. Mm. Bless her. Well. Because I basically just said that, you know, happy people don't leave hate on the internet and I'm sorry that you're taking your insecurities out of me. That's fair. That's I'm fair. holding a mirror up to you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it. 
yeah, I, I don't go like, like you know, I just, it's reductive, isn't it? Commenting on people's looks. It's so dumb though, but also somebody like, don't bother leaving hate comments like that on my shit because like I've been doing this 12 years, bro. Yeah. Like, and also like I've tried offing myself a million times. Do you think any insult you have is better than what I've got? She's dead inside. I know myself. I know what my insecurities are. I can beat myself up better than anybody. Mm. But if you've got a, do you know what? I've left, someone's left me a hate comment before where I've been like, bravo. Because it was just smart, witty, <laughs> or clever. I'm like, that's good. When they're good, I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. them. So I'm like, cool, yeah, do, do you. It's, I, like, my, I think I've told you about my friend Ryan mm. in Canada. He is a, he is a very big fan of yours. And oh, yeah, yeah, you texted yeah. me and I was in rehab and I couldn't text you back. Yeah, he, he's like, he's one of my best friends. There you go, Ryan. I hope you appreciate Hi, this. Um, and and like he would he would he would dump all of my music just to listen to yours like i it actually grates on me if i'm honest um <laughs> but he um he him and i sometimes will, will i'll be like look at this comment and we'll talk about yes. it because he's like it's 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 wild because mm -hmm. it's like i would you know enjoy your music mm -hmm. but all of a sudden someone's like la, 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 just ranting yelling at, at me yeah so what you know when i'm like your comments are nuts. I ha I have a friend that I share this stuff with. I'm like, have you seen this? My favorite is, yeah, if people do comment on my looks and they're a fan of my music, because some people do that. They're like, I love your music, blah, 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 blah. But I hate the way you look, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, um, it's a good thing you listen to music with your ears, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It was like when you got your boobs done. And <laughs> oh, like, I was like, oh, okay. Good good luck. Good luck there, mate. Everybody was so mad. They still are. <laughs> they correlate. They're, so they're so angry. I'm like, oh, my God, why do you care? I, I don't get it. Mm, I didn't realize that like you were looking at my schmitties before. <laughs> Why? Anyway, it's just bullcrap. But I do want you before we go because mm. I have to wrap this up. I could probably start a whole solo podcast with you. You know, uh, where can we find you? When's the next release? What's going on? We get it. You're smart and you have you have access to doing a people job as well. But mm. like your music stuff. Yes. Your true child. Yes, uh, my real love. I'll um, link everything, by the way. But anything Ethan Ash music. Ethan Ash. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, you have all the things. You're I, probably most on things. Facebook and Insta, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then iTunes, Spotify, all the DSPs, all, all the music is there. You're hopefully you have released the latest EP. I put the latest. It's EP. physical, but is it online? Yeah, so I put it on Bandcamp because effectively. I would rather people buy it than stream it. Which makes sense. Um, who knew? Um, It'd be nice. His yeah. music's very good, by the way. What kind of style is the last EP? Um, it kind of gets described as like Americana, That's what I was soul, going to say. pop kind of stuff. Yeah, you got a very solely massive range voice. Yeah. Very yeah. good voice. And his songs are amazing. And you play as well, which is pretty sick and dope. So, very talented guy. Okay, guys? Go follow him. All the links will be in the description. And hopefully we'll mm. see you on the Patreon for the extra content. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for doing the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> if you've made it this far, congrats on your concentration span and thank you so much for listening. If you have any guest suggestions, topic requests or feedback, then drop me a tweet, Instagram DM or hit me up in the YouTube comments. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode or sign up to the Patreon for even more content. Have a happy day.